let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and it's our end-of-year extravaganza, and mate, I have been looking forward to this show for almost 12 months. Extravaganza, is that just a posh way of saying we're drinking some stupidly, ridiculously high ABV beer, Steve? Uh, possibly, yes, but we're not <laughs> starting off with one of those, are we? First beer is already in glass tonight, and it's probably a beer that needs absolutely no introduction to a lot of our listeners. Uh, but Martin, what is it we're starting off with tonight? Well, West Coast IPA, elusive brew, it has to be Oregon Trail. Let's let's dive straight into this. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Is that still hitting the spot for you, Steve? It just ticks every single box, doesn't it? I wouldn't say every box, but maybe we'll come to that later on. Okay. Um, but it is a bloody delicious beer. Um, that balance between the malt and the hops. And yeah. I think this is actually more bitter, this batch, than the first batch, which came out. It, it is. Uh, by all accounts, I remember reading somewhere or someone told me, apparently the um, Andy increased the dry hopping rate to, to, to increase the bitterness. So it's um, definitely That's there, because that is a lasting... Oh, it's lasting strong. It absolutely shines through, doesn't it? Bitterness. So, yeah, that's if, that, if that's what he's aimed for, then he's got it. And again, yeah. I think that we've spoken about Andy before... You know, and, and the title's used about the nicest man in brewing, and it's not without its merit. But he's a fucking talented brewer. I think that's just, that, yeah. I mean, let's, let's, and I think this last year to eighteen months, some of the small pack he's been putting out has been spot on. Mm-hmm. With with the introduction of his cans as well. Yeah, you know this this style of beer. In, in in a four forty mil can, I know I know we've we've spoken in the past yeah. about four forty mil cans, but this is five point eight percent. It's not it's not massive ABV, and actually, I want four hundred forty mils of this beer. I'd I'd feel like I was being cheated if I only had thirty three thirty mil of this. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I've softened a little bit because I mean it's hard over this year to have avoided the four forty can. And you know, there's some other breweries who'll get a shout out during the course of the show where four forty cans are there their way of working as well. But, you know, I still don't necessarily need a 12% beer to be a 440 can, you know, one of no. a big MP style or Russian Imperial. 330s, bottles. That's that's what I want those ones to be in still. But yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Let's face it, Steve, it's a 440 can. If we were at the tap room, we'd be drinking pints. To stop me from uh, draining this this first beer, uh, well, let's start off as as we always like to do at, at the end of the year with with a few stats uh, around the show because I know a few of our listeners do like the stats that that we talk about. So, uh, just in terms of the show this year. Um, we had a few celebrations, so we reached our 100th episode of Opinions right early on in the year. I think it was first or second show we recorded this this year, but we're, I know we're going to talk about that show specifically in, in a while. Um, we reached the milestone of eight years of the Beer O'Clock Show as, as, as a brand and putting out podcasts, and four years of, of, of you and I doing Opinions, mate. So um, numbers are rounding out quite nicely there now, aren't they? Where, where is the time gone mate oh, it's just flown by as when i think when i think i've been doing this for eight years i'm like wow yeah yeah i mean you've gone not quite nicely past that eight year mark now um 
because that's effectively it was summertime. So you're closer yeah. to eight and a half years of doing this sort of thing. Easily, yeah. And, you know, how many, so how many episodes did we put out this year, bearing in mind that we started to go weekly for a while? Okay, so this, this episode that we're recording now, this is our 38th show this, this year. So obviously, as you say, yeah, we did go for, uh, weekly, weekly for a while. So we would have, we would have normally aimed towards 26 shows yeah. for, for, for the year. But yeah, so we've done 12 more. As, as, as a result of that spell where we went weekly uh, and that equates to over 2,500 minutes of, of us talking. That's bonkers. You, you sent me that, you sent me that stat uh, a couple of days ago and I went, that's a lot of minutes. I mean, a football match is 90 minutes. Yeah. That's that's a huge amount of minutes. So, sorry, everyone. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've featured fifty-two breweries this this year as well. Um, now you didn't know I was going to do this next bit, but it's a little quiz for you, mate. You love it when I do a quiz with you. I hate um, it when I don't have prep for a quiz. Exactly. Well, if, if I if I told you I was doing it, you'd prep and you'd know the answers. Um, who were our top three most featured breweries? Uh, as in, how many times have have we featured a beer from that brewery? I'm going to go Brew York, Cheshire Brew House, Signature Brew. Okay, uh, two of those uh, appear in, in, in the top three. So um, uh, at the top, Cheshire Brew House, we've featured nine of their beers in, in the last year. Uh, there is one other brewery who we've featured nine of their beers, which is, which is Fuller's. But I'm not sure we count that, considering we did eight of those in one show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Opinions 100 sorted that one out. Yeah. Um, seven appearances uh, were Brew York, uh, Neptune and Utopian. And then coming in on six appearances were Amity, Anspach and Hobday, Donkey Stone, Howling Hops and Signature Brew. Okay. Uh, uh, it's quite a few beers from a small amount of breweries then. It Uto- is. Utopian I should have got, but I think because I also feel about some of their um, online launches and stuff. Yeah, but then we always followed up by having the beer on the show, didn't we? So where, where possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. That, that that does make sense. That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's been some crackers in that list, though. Oh, hasn't there? Just well, we've featured across across the shows 134 different beers this year, um, 35 plus different styles of of beer, but still our most most featured style <laughs> is IPA and and I don't know whether we meet, whether we need to make some sort of commitment to maybe trying to change that next year and to expand our horizons a little bit maybe well when we get into our review of the year there might be a few surprises coming up anyway so let's 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 park that for now but basically what you're saying is the beer we are drinking now is the main style that it's we have featured typical of us yeah <laughs> which is which is gonna surprise not a single person no one is surprised no one's fallen off their chair while listening to this have they no uh across those shows we've had 23 guests um now obviously we wouldn't normally feature that many guests as a as, as a fortnightly podcast because we do try and just feature guests every other show uh but again you, you know by by producing 12 extra shows in, in in the middle of the year it enabled us to expand the number of guests that we were able to welcome on the show and and that that was a lot of fun chatting to a lot of different people this year wasn't it oh yeah that that has been a massive plus to how we've started operating by doing this podcast um there's just people there which we may never have got the chance to meet let alone host on the podcast as a guest and every guest was a bit different every guest brought something um new to us 
And it's just been so much fun. I mean, you know, if we're speaking about fun, I mean, we can't go any further than speaking about Judy and Les from Neptune, can we? I mean, come on. No, no. And people have thoroughly loved the outtakes at the end of that as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, it has been. And thank you to everyone who's made the time to join us on the show as well. Um, oh, whether absolutely, that, whether yeah. that just be, you know, other podcasters, people from breweries, um, you know, guest drinkers, people who listen to the show. Um, I, 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 it's wonderful. I can open my screen and suddenly I'm in someone else's front room or back room or spare room and having this lovely conversation about a subject that we all love. So it's been great fun. I, I just would not, I would have struggled to guess that's how many guests we'd had though. Yeah. Well, not content with doing that many shows and having that many guests. We almost also appeared on a number of other podcasts as well. Uh, <laughs> not, yeah, because there's not enough us on there, is there? Steve? No, no. So we've, uh, we guested on Rhythm and Brews this year, which was, which was a lot of fun re- recording with, with Andrew and Luke. We were also on uh, Time for a Brew. Uh, we both individually appeared on Cabin Fever on, on a number of occasions as well. And the forthcoming Beer Nation collaboration podcast, which will be uh, with people on Boxing Day um, were, were also sort of down as one of our guest appearances really so, so and so, yeah, not we... forgetting East versus Midlands East versus West Midlands podcast apologies where... I did forget about that yes so that will come up a bit more detail later anyway but you know did that one as well so yeah yeah again did we have to apologize to our listeners again Probably, maybe too much us. <laughs> Tell us if you think that's the case. Um, hashtag too much us. I tell you on um, other podcasts to not listen to us, and look, we pop up. <laughs> yeah, and there we are. Uh, in terms of some of the other stats, uh, some of our uh, numbers. So, so, so downloads this year. Uh, we've seen a lot of, uh, of downloads of the podcast this year. So around thirty-five thousand downloads during twenty twenty, and that's across all of our shows so that's the entire back catalogue going way back eight years as well but interestingly 18,000 of those downloads were for shows this year so all well just yeah just just over half are for 2020 new shows but it shows that people are maybe joining us for the first time and then they're digging into the back catalogue to, to have a listen back to, to some of the old bits as well which we're, we've all done that when you find something if you find something that you like you decide to go back. You may not listen to them all, um, although I know some of our listeners have. Um, but you find something you like, you think, oh, I wonder what other episodes they've got. Is there anything like leaping out that I might enjoy? So, no, that's brilliant. And, you know, again, people taking the time and trouble to download as well. Um, I, I know from my point of view that as a podcast listener, 2020 has been a bit of a challenge for me to listen to all the ones I want to just because of lack of commuting time. Whereas working working from home and listening to the podcast is is just a bit more hard harder when you think there's a call coming up you can't really get into it. Whereas people's commutes generally allow for them to get through a very large chunk of any given episode. So again, you know, thank you for everyone who's still carrying on downloading the shows, listening to the shows, and even if you're not downloading it and you're just streaming it because you know you're at home and you've got the Wi-Fi, I you know, again. Thanks. Hope you've enjoyed what you've what you've heard, despite it being us. 
Yeah, and it would appear that that's all over the world as well. We've been downloaded in 62 different countries. That was brilliant. That's this, a Spotify the, stats, the, isn't it? Year. No, this is this is still just the download oh, is it? from people that subscribe via podcast apps or go onto the website and and and, and oh, okay. this is before we even get into into Spotify. So yeah, 62 different countries, 72% of, of, of our listener base is in the UK, obviously. 17% in the US, which is a slight increase from the last time I looked at these stats. So we, we are slowly getting a bit more of a listener base in there but I, I think most of what we do is very uk centric so yeah. we've probably not appeared in to that many people uh, and two percent in ireland so i'd just like to thank wayne and janice for continuing to download the podcast and, <laughs> and, and, and listen to us to account for that two percent of uh, our irish audience uh episode 100 the opinions 100 was our most downloaded episode of, of the year which should probably expect because one it's had the most time to be downloaded but two it was also kind of a landmark event for us as well which is what happens with tv programs you know if you like into anything when they do an anniversary special it tends to be their most watched one of the year it just so happens for us it was at the very start of the year yeah it's just just the way it fell now coming on to spotify we're listened to in 27 different countries on spotify uh we've seen 63 percent growth in the uk this year 200 percent growth in ireland and sweden <laughs> still don't know who's listening to us in sweden good to say good i sent that um a picture of that stat to my son and he he just sort of sent a laughing emoji back and i said can you imagine how me and steve must sound to the swedes <laughs> you know, this sort of London slash Essex hybrid accent coming out. <laughs> no idea. Well, if, if you are one of our Swedish listeners, please, please. let us know. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, our followers are up 98% on Spotify, which is great because I think uh, it's been probably a full two years that we're on Spotify now. So yeah. it's still early days for us on there, but we're still getting some growth on there, which is great. Uh, and listeners are up 51%. Now, obviously, Spotify differentiates between people that follow and people that listen. And, and you do get a breakdown in terms of people that start and complete and people that start and stop and never come back to it. So um, that, that's all on there for us as, as, as information, if, if we ever need to use it. And we're listened to in the UK, Ireland, Netherlands, New Zealand and the US on, on Spotify. So I think it's great that even eight years into my journey, four years into our journey together, we do still seem to be growing our audience. I think it's excellent. and it, I think it keeps it fresh for us. You know, we see that with some of the engagement on Twitter. Sometimes a new name will pop up um, last year. When we did a cup, when we went to a couple of events, we got speaking to people who only listen to the show. They don't, they don't really do social media. Um, so that was literally a face-to-face engagement, but they're still listening to the show. They're still downloading the show. Um, I, I love the fact that it's still picking up people as we go along. Keep, keeps it fresh, keeps it, it's encouragement for us as well. I think um, if people are picking us up, and then sticking with it and coming coming back for more. I think that that's a good thing and it keeps it fresh for us, but it also does give you that encouragement. Because I can only ima- imagine when you and Mark first started, you're thinking, is anyone listening to this? Yeah. yeah. Literally, I think, I think we anyone? may have actually said it on a couple of early episodes. Is it is it just us talking to each other? Yeah. <laughs> are, we just, are we talking to each other, recording it, putting it out there? And then the only people who heard it was us. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's great. And again, you know, thanks to everyone who does... Uh, download and listen whatever way they're doing it i think it's i think it's great and to anyone who's listening to outside of the uk 
um, yeah, please do get us in touch because I'd love to know who's listening to it elsewhere. Yeah, me, me too. And I'll just echo that thanks as well. So, yes, thank you to everyone for continuing to, to, to listen and get involved in what we're doing. Let's take a little look back at some of our favourite shows this, this year. So we've mentioned Opinions 100 a, a couple of times. That was an epic day. Um, the eight-year Fuller's Vintage Horizontal Vertical tasting whatever way you want to call it until by the end of it yeah um joined by um the greatest general manager in essex rich taylor who who joined us for that show as kind of almost like a bit of a compare what yeah to to, to help us along with it and and also because because which rich was hosting it in the vic i think we felt was that might have been a bit rude to have not invited him to join us yeah rich thanks for doing all the setup and supplying some cheese with the beers as well um, can you just go downstairs for a couple of hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's always a pleasure to have Rich on. Anyway, he's you know he's not just a listener of the show; he's a, he's a mate. Um, you know, we've got to know him well over the last three or four years, and he's a really good bloke. You know, he's working hard at he's working hard at the Vic, and he took the Saturday afternoon out to join us for that. And yeah, that was a crap. It was a, you know because obviously I had to get a couple of trains to get to Colchester these days, um, and I think it was one of those really clear, crisp winter's days because i remember thinking it's actually quite chilly upstairs but it was perfect for the beer oh yeah the beer the beer yeah. was like cellar temperature all the way through um and yeah to just look have a look back at those hundred episodes in a bit more detail i know we're doing a little bit of review but to actually think about three and a half years worth of opinion shows and uh rich did a bit of a quiz you know checked our own knowledge about the shows as well and and to sit there drinking eight years worth of fuller's I mean, it's not a bad way of spending a Saturday afternoon. Not at all. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And it was great to do those comparisons in the beers as, as well to see. Obviously, we know, unlike some other beers where you do vertical tastings, you, you know they're not, they're not the same beer every, every year because they yeah. do change the ingredients in the Fuller's Vintage. But certainly revisiting some of those from the past that maybe I was unsure about at the time and going back over my notes has said, I'm a bit iffy now, but two or three years and this is going to be bang on and to see that it actually was and yeah. kind of surprising myself a little thinking, oh, maybe I do know what I'm talking about <laughs> sometimes. And, and in particular, revisiting an absolute favourite of mine, which is the 2018 Fuller's Vintage. Yeah. That, it, was, it was an absolute delight to do that. And, and yeah, it was, a, it was a long show, but it was, it was a lot of fun as, as, as well. And it was, it was a great milestone to, to, to reach and I, I remember interesting I remember when we, we did that show I, I sat back and thought fortnightly it's gonna it's gonna be a while until we get to show 200 and and then we had 16 weeks of of doing weekly shows <laughs> and and now all of a sudden we're approaching show 150 fairly soon so yeah so, so yeah I, I think maybe that 200th episode might come around a little bit sooner than we had, had expected yeah i reckon you're right and i want to give a bit of a shout out to um bon Vu, um because i think we took something from the still and act tasting that Absolutely, we did yeah. yeah and i think we tried to apply some of those principles as well to how we were going with the fuller's vintage ale and i think it actually was really interesting for us to do it that way um because i i'm pretty certain we would have gone the other way to what we did because we did newest to oldest didn't we yeah i think we would have started older to newer without doing the still an act uh during the winter previously with uh with 
with Jezza on the, you know, from Bonvu. So I thought that was a really good way of doing it. And I do want to give him a shout out because again, if someone's going to take the time and trouble to instruct and give you a tip, I think it's always quite good if you actually remember to use it. Yeah. Yeah. To- totally agree. And, and, and yeah. And Jezza don't, if you are listening, we, we have noted that you've said you've got a much greater range of still act that you want yes. us to come and drink when we can. So we're, we're looking for a date. Uh, when we can put that in the diary to, to come to your secret yeah. beer bunker, we may well be we may well beers. be looking at summer twenty twenty one for that, but it's on our planning sheet. But it's happening, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the uh, what are some of the other shows you, you you've enjoyed this this year, mate? Any real standouts for you there? Okay, and this won't come as a surprise. Budvar. Ah, yeah. Come yeah. on, mate. Um, we we are we are going to talk about that particular trip yes. in a bit more detail though but, a bit later on aren't we yes we'll talk about the trip but the actual recording with master brewer master brewer number two uh their head of uh, effectively sales and their brand awareness manager from the uk all the while while sitting in a small room uh beside numerous hundreds of tanks in their cellar um and drinking beer straight from the tank um that episode was just it was gold mate it was gold i know that we you know we give the caveat at the start that some of the quality some of the sound quality because we were in a working brewery may not be as good as we uh, would have liked it to have been but i think the content within the show from the guys at budvar and their hospitality was just off the charts um that that's definitely a, a a personal highlight of mine. I guess we'll talk about the adventure uh, in more detail, but that episode definitely, mate. I, I I'm guessing we're probably aligned on that one anyway. It was a great recording. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but this is I, I've got a feeling we we, we aren't necessarily necessarily going to agree on everything t- tonight because I've not got it up there as one of my top top shows of, of ah, the year. Okay, well, I, I, I enjoyed the process of recording it. Um, but I, I think maybe there's a little part of me that, that that's not happy with the sound quality and what it sounds like, the final version of it. It's still a great show, though, and the content and the knowledge that we gained as a result of doing that trip is, you, you know, you can't put a, can't you can't put a price, price on, on that, can you? No, no, no. Go on. All right, so that was my first highlight show quite early on in the year. What would be your one? Um... Okay, I'm going to go for the one that probably stands out the most and, and may not come as a surprise to anyone. But it was a dream come true for me to be able to record with you and Mark uh, at the same time for our eighth birthday show. That that was a real uh, kind of moment in times for, for me, um, being able to sit down, chat to Mark again, because I haven't spoke to him probably in a couple of years now and to to actually go back over some of the stuff that we did and have you involved in that discussion and I, and I just I, I loved how natural it felt as, as as well it was it was a great conversation that we had but it was it was fantastic just to just to have a chat with, with him again and, and have him back on the show with us yeah I mean it's not in my top three um mainly because I think that if we did ask the listeners, I reckon it'd be right up there, mate, for all the things that you've just said. And it was good fun. And it did fit. And you're right. Bearing in mind that the three of us had only recorded once together previously when I was a guest on the original show. It did feel very natural. Yeah. And it yeah. It's like coming full circle. Mark, Mark's uh, 
dryness and his ability to just pinpoint a few things, it was still there. That hadn't changed. Perhaps our, our 10 year anniversary for the book, for the beer o'clock show. Maybe Mark comes back again. If Mate, we can who pick. knows what I'm planning for that? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm putting it on early because you've probably got a whole separate spreadsheet with different tabs going for that one. Um, will, will the Tonight's an- show is fueled by spreadsheets, mate. Yeah. Um, will the 10th anniversary show be the same year as your 50th birthday? Yes. Oh, God, you've definitely got tabs. Um, <laughs> yes, no, it But will. It, it was a great show. And I think it's quite good, actually, that we're finding different shows at the moment. So my next one um, would be episode 124, which we did with Jules at Hop Hideout. And I particularly like this one because obviously we had had a few discussions on some of our shows about uh, bottle shops, prices, and that kind of thing. And Jules came in and actually said, put a hand up and said, look, I want to be on the show. I've I, got, want, I want to challenge you on what you're saying. I want, yeah. I've got stuff I want to say. I've got stuff I want to share. And that was really good. The insight about her journey and Hop Hideout um and this was even back in the summer when we were talking to her i thought it was just fantastic um it still made me wonder blimey why have you done it why have you opened it up um but i just found it a fascinating insight and the passion and knowledge that jules brought to that episode as well you know i we i think we say this about a lot of guests it's great when they bring facts and information because uh that, 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 that's not really our, our best. <laughs> we, we do our best. Mate. We do we, our best. We, we do do our um, best. So, yeah, that, that, would be my, that would be in my top three. So, yeah, I enjoyed that one. What would be your second in your top three, then, mate? Well, well, it's interesting you say about facts there, because one of my favourite shows from this year is maybe a little hidden gem, which we did, again, it was right at the beginning of the year, and, and that had nothing to do with facts whatsoever. It was uh, Opinions 104, which was Fantasy Pints, I wonder if you'd go for this one. Yeah, one of those shows that we do where we just let our imaginations run wild. And I do, I absolutely love doing those shows. And and I know we've done a few of them now and it's it's been a long time since we've done one. So I think we do another one soon. But yeah, I absolutely enjoyed the concept of the Fantasy Pints one where we sat and kind of chose the people that we'd most like to have a beer with um, and and just discussed our reasons why. And I think what, what it did for... For, for me, as, as as the co-host of this, was it, it gave me a bit more of an insight into you and the sort of things that you're into. And I think I think possibly that would have come across to the listeners as well in terms of understanding a bit more about both of us and, and the things that we're into outside of beer. Yeah, because it was quite personal, wasn't it, by doing it like that? By having guests, um, it did mean you start to give a bit of an insight into those things you've possibly loved all of your life. Yeah, you know, and I spoke about your 50th, I'm 50 next year. So, you know, there's a few years between us <laughs> of, of, of subject matter, which we can uh, pull from. So, yeah, it, it was really enjoyable. And I was actually thinking about that the other day. There is probably another fantasy episode due in, in, I, the, I first, think so. in the first two, before springtime. I think there's a, a winter, a winter, a winter's evening when we do this, Steve, where we do a bit another fantasy journey where we can just lose ourselves away from everything. 100%. We'll, we'll commit to that right now. That that, yeah. that will be happening. So what's your what's your last showing in, in your top three of the year? Okay, it's a very recent episode. It's Neptune. I, I would have put money on you saying that then. Um, I've, I've, loved, I've loved the beers from them. Before we even got to talk to them, I loved the engagement with, uh, you know, Julie especially um, on Twitter. 
and to get them on the show. And to be honest, mate, look, we could have dropped a couple of the usual sections and just let them run with it. Um, that's how good they were. And, you know, yeah, we've mentioned the outtake. And I'm sure it would get mentioned again in, the, in future episodes, but it was just such a good, fun recording. And again, we've never met them. We've never yeah. met these people. So it was literally one in, one side of the screen. They were in their front room together. We were drinking their beers. They were introducing them. They were telling us stuff. But they were just so down to earth about everything as well and just really matter of fact about the way life is. And, you know, that Liverpudlian sense of humour was definitely coming out at times as well. Mm-hmm. Cracking episode, cracking beers, cracking brewery. Yeah, that's definitely in my top three. Yeah, re- really enjoyed everything about that episode. Can't, nothing more to add to that. Um, my last one, in, probably in a similar sort of vein as well, was uh, a couple of shows before that. And, it, and again, it was with a guest. And, and it was when we had Russ on from Amity Brew Co. Um, again, we've never met Russ, uh, but he just came across so easy to talk to. He was so natural. It was a really easy conversation for us. It was great to hear about his background and also the, the the building of the brand and the brewery. And it's also now in hindsight, it's great to see that they're now fulfilling everything that he was speaking about. You know, you've seen pictures on yeah. Twitter recently of the, the the brew pub. It's it's there, the FVs are in, you know, they they just need to be able to open at, at yeah. the moment. That's that's the only thing that's stopping that from happening. But but yeah, it was a, it was an absolute delight to sit down with Russ for the evening and to to, to chat about and again to to drink the beers that he had sent us over to enjoy as part of that. He was wonderfully engaging, and I, I, you know I'll be honest, I'm not sure everything he said would have been necessarily palatable to people when they heard it. Um, he appeared to be a brewdog for that particular period at a wonderful moment in time as well when they were in between what they were and what they are. And he had nothing but good stuff to say about his time there. And it's really refreshing to hear as well. And, you know, he's very matter of fact about it's also a business. Yeah. You know, he didn't shy away from that. And again, a little bit like Julian Liz, they didn't shy away from it. It's still a business. This, we only get beer to you if we make money. Simple as that. And why, why, um, you know, I found uh, Russ's take on some of that really refreshing as well. And yes, he was very engaging. Again, we hadn't met him. He he was obviously familiar with the show, so he knew he knew how that worked. And he's very comfortable on the um, Zoom, which I'm guessing a lot of people are a lot more comfortable on Zoom at the end of 2020 than they were at the start of 2020, to be honest. So, yeah, no, I think that's... So between us, we've come up with six different episodes there, Steve. We, we have. Uh, and bearing in mind that what we've put out 38 this year, that's that, that's not bad. And don't don't get me wrong. That, that's not saying that the I've, I've not enjoyed the, the other episodes. I've been, I've been, I, I enjoy doing this. I love what we do. Uh, I, I love talking about beer, beer. I love having guests on and chatting with them about it as well. But but sometimes even as you're recording or, or as you get to the end of a recording, you can you, feel it. You know, you've been part of something that's a little bit special. Yeah. There is a feeling. I, yeah. I think I, I, I truly believe we only, we, we, we always aim to put out good content, whether that be us or us plus others. But yeah, there are some when you come away from that thinking that was good. And you and then you think, I hope it comes across that way. Mm. It's both, isn't it? You and I have spoken about it sometimes and we think, Oh, that was really good, but I wonder how it's going to land. And then, you get all the all that positive feedback and engagement afterwards. And you think, yeah, people heard what we heard. 
Yeah, mate, we have the best listeners, and and that's what they're so good at. They're they're, they're great at telling us when they've enjoyed what we do, but they're also great at telling us when something hasn't landed quite so well. Yeah, because that allows us to act on that and and to make changes as as a result. So I, I can't. Our, our listeners are brilliant, and I just I'm I'm gonna probably probably not gonna be the last time I'm gonna say this tonight. But thank you to every single person that listens to this and and continues to get involved because you, you know seriously. I know I say this over and over and over again. It's a bit of a trope, but without without our listeners, we're nothing. So we just want you folks to keep getting involved in in, in what we do. Definitely can't can't. I've got nothing to add to that. Um, but I do have an empty glass. So so do I. In as, fact, as predicted, the beer didn't last very long <laughs> at all. Empty for like the last five minutes. If I'm being brutally honest, um, it just went, mate. I mean. It is pints are achievable. Um, it's it's just a fan, it is a really good beer, and that's almost stinging bitterness that he's got going this time. Still there, yeah. Um, it's it's that bitterness which, yeah, for some people unfamiliar with that level of bitterness, it will be a challenge. Um, but for me, it's that bitterness which then, just as it starts to level off, you re- you're ready to refresh again. It's a it's a fabulous beer, and I, and I and I do think this this second batch of it is is even better than the first. Yeah, and um, we both we both raved about the first version. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 an it's an incredible beer, and it's a it's a great beer to have opened this this evening's proceedings on. But we should probably move on to our second. Obviously, what with it being the end of year extravaganza, we are not fucking around here, are we, with the beers tonight? No, we're not. <laughs> we have jumped uh, straight up from the 5.8% Oregon Trail to the 10% Camden Beer 2020, 500 mils of a barrel-aged Imperial Pilsner. Now... For our more eagle-eared listeners, um, you'll note that we've been drinking last year's version throughout this year to see how this beer changed. Yep, and, well, that, and that was listener. That was listener engagement. Yes, Very that, direct that, that was a listener suggestion. engagement. Yeah. Uh, and I, I suppose this is now probably becoming another one of those opinions traditions. It, it says the year on it and the word beer. So it, it seems only right to drink this beer on the end of year show. Yes, um, I think it could well be, provided they carry on doing it. I'm more than happy for us to do that. I suppose what I should add as a caveat is that normally we're recording in person and splitting said 500 milliliter 10% bottle. Not tonight. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, It pours. I mean, it's a little bit darker than last year's one, isn't it? It is a bit darker. Is it? uh, Hazy? This is a real faint... I suppose people would call it a hot haze. I don't know if you can say that quite about this one as a lager, but it's got a lovely foamy, foamy head on it as well. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's it's all it's it's a thick, bubbly, white, foamy head. I mean, this Aroma one is. Wise. Oh I mean, man, that's which bar- What sort of barrels is this one on? Do you remember? I believe it's um, white wine, uh, white wine and brandy barrels for eight months, and I believe this has also had. Sure, I remember reading somewhere that it's had grape juice or some sort of grape extract added to it. Oh, really? Okay, well, I suppose without further ado then, Steve, shall we get in? Cheers. Here goes. Oh, that's bloody delicious. Oh, God, that's really sharp. That is sharp, but there's a real dryness at the end as well. 
It is like a, there is definitely a dry white wine quality to that beer. Now, you know a bit more about wine than I do. Um, but yeah, I'm, my instant reaction to that is that is very wine like. Yes, yes. Um, and I think we found that when we were doing the beer 2019 for the last uh, year or so that the, the, the wine and the oak took over and became, became a, bit, a lot more whiny. Again, I think because we're drinking this pretty much as fresh as we can for the show, I'm still getting a beery quality, mm. but laced with a dry white wine notes. So if you're a dry white wine fan and you like a bit of lager, in theory, this should be almost like a perfect, perfect marriage. Um, doesn't it, it, drink like 10% though. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're in trouble. We are in trouble here. It, it feels like a beer of two halves for me. So, 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 so when you're initially drinking it, you're, you're, you're getting the, th- the, the, the fizz, the refreshing crispness uh, that maybe you're looking for from a pills. No, it's a little bit, it's a little bit bready as, as, as well in there. And, and then as that begins to sort of wash over your palate and, 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 you start to catch it at the back of your mouth. You do get that dryness yeah. come through, and there's a little bit tart of, of tartness in there as well. I reckon that's the grape because you said they added some grape extract. I'm or sure something. I read that somewhere, and that, that can be quite, you know, grapes can be quite tart sometimes. Um, I think the, the game of two halves kind of thing that you said there is actually quite good. Um, yes, you definitely get that lager pilsner hit to start off with. And then it sort of just changes as you as you get into it a bit more and as you get the aroma going. You know, whereas Andy's beer, I think if you were doing that as a bit of a blind, you would pitch between five and six percent. This one, I think because of the extra aroma and what's going on, you'd say yeah, it's a fairly complex beer, but the ABV is well hidden. I don't, I don't know where the ABV is in that. I, I, I can't pick that up at all. So, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing by the end of it, our listeners will be able to pick up the slur in. Yeah, they'll definitely. Out. They'll definitely be able to pick it up, and we'll get. We'll definitely get some engagement off the back of that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. I, I don't think we want to let this one warm. I'm not advocating that we absolutely smash it right right now. But oh, we, I, I agree. I think it's lovely chilled. Yeah, I, I don't think we want to let it come up too much. So let's crack on with with, with the next part of the show while we're enjoying this, which is kind of a, a bit of a, a an overall look back at uh, the last year, um, looking at some of the beery adventures and, and and some of the things that have been kind of, I suppose, the, the, the biggish moments for us in, in, in the last year. So just a quick look back at, at 2020, if we go all the way back to January, it all started so well, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got to the Colonel Taproom, Met you afterwards in the Royal Oak, and we dunk, drunk delicious pints of cask ale, and and we were sat in there planning for this uh, amazing trip that we had coming up to Czechia. I know, and that was literally the back end of January, thirtieth of January, if memory serves me yeah. correct. Um, yeah, you you had decided that um, you couldn't just drink cask beer uh, from Harvey's at the infamous Royal Oak. You thought I'm in London, I'm going south of the river. I'm going to go to the Colonel Tap Room. Mate, I never go south of the river. So while I was down there, I, I was going to take the full opportunity to go to the Colonel Tap Room and um, try it out. You know, and, you know, uh, by by mid-March, I'd also done the Colonel Tap Room. And I think just to give a shout out again, it was a, it's a lovely space. So that was, still, that was still good. But yeah, that night, it was one of those evenings where there wasn't much room at, at the Royal Oak. It was quite busy. Um, Josh was there with Alice. 
Um, and if I remember correctly, was that was that dog with them as well? Yeah, yeah, that, that dog was with them as well. Yeah, and I can't remember so we, his name at the moment. Yeah, we managed to find our spot um, table. We had, I think, we had a bit of food come out as well, and we we did um, have a a fair few <laughs> pints of cask while planning a trip that happened not not more than nine days later, mate. I, I know, and you've you've obviously already mentioned that in in terms of one of your. Show or 12, yeah, 12 days later. Sorry, my maths was rubbish. Yeah, of, of the year. Um, but yeah, what a trip that was to Czechia. Um, for, first of all, you know, we were exceptionally lucky for a number of reasons. Uh, one, um, because obviously that, that was all that was all paid for by Badvar. Um, yep. y- you know, we'll, we'll make no bones about that. We said so at the time, full disclosure. Um, the trip was on them. We had a fantastic time. It was educational. It was beautiful. Um, walking out into a snow globe on, on that second morning <laughs> was was just one of the moments that will will live me, with me for the rest of my life because it was just it oh, was just amazing, mate. Um, um, how how Budvar managed to arrange for us to we stayed in a, a UNESCO heritage site place similar to Bamberg. It has all these different coloured rooftops. It's very low rise. And fortunately, Josh, um, who's looking after us, suggested we should go for a walk to what is effectively the highest point in the city. And it was just wonderful. So, yeah, I mean, the first day was, you know, it was a long day that first day because obviously we met at the airport. We had the flight. We had the trip down to Budavita. Had the time in the brewery and the chat with the guys. Then we went back to Chesky Kromlov, which is the UNESCO village, had some drinks and a table full of meat, <laughs> effectively, uh, which we saw being cooked on an, like an open fireplace. And we had the, pretty much had the place to ourselves. Everywhere looked deserted. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a Tuesday night. And then, like you say, the snow the next day. And then we got driven to places. Yeah, we got to sample, what was it, two or three microbreweries? Yeah. I worked out roughly, we sampled about 25 sampled. When I say sampled, they weren't sample sizes. No, it was a lot of beer that, that, that was drunk. It's about 25 beers that day. Um, and yeah, the bulk of it uh, were, were the people that Budva had taken us to were, were, were being very generous with both their time and, and their, their, their produce. And we literally, all we had to do was get in and out of a car. Yep, smile, be polite, say say thank you and hello. And, and yeah. we got we got to taste some fantastic beers, met some really good people, um, and then we had a bite to eat and some drinks in Prague. And then the next day, no snow, clear blue sky. Yeah, in the middle of Prague, and then we uh, I think we killed an hour by having some um, foamy pilsner urquil pause. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Even even the place they chose they chose for us to stay in um, Prague was a beer hotel. Yeah, it was just everything about that trip was just was just bang on. It will it live was... forever in the memory. The company oh, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, was it Tim joined us from Brewers Journal? Um, he was a lovely bloke, um, and we had a couple of effectively we had a couple of cocktails with him on the evening after we because we hadn't drunk enough beer. Well, wasn't um, wasn't that in, in in the early hours of of your actual birthday, wasn't yes, it? As, yes, as, as so, well, so it was like it was a celebration. There was a, there was a reason to be doing it. 
And then we got back and in, in, in February, we, we, we got to go to, to Brew London as, as well, which actually was certainly mine. I'm not, not sure about yours. It was my one and only beer festival that I went to this year. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, we have to reference this for that, almost for that very reason. Um, so Brew London, for anyone who's not familiar, is it's the regular beer festival, just rebranded, held at the back end of February. Truman, the old Truman Brewery, which I think is actually a really good site for that kind of festival. Um, we're lucky. We've been a few times. We know quite a few people there. So there was, there was friends there as well. Um, uh, for whatever reason, I still think, I still think, thought it was a good idea to do the trade session in the afternoon, then take the ING Beer Club there in the evening. Stupid, stupid idea. So, yeah, unbelievable that. 27th February was our first and last stage. I know, I know, because then, and, and we're not, we're not going to dwell on it. Uh, things changed in, in March, didn't, didn't they? And um, as, as a result of that, actually, everything became about Zoom. And I, I think possibly uh, an online retailer may have sold out of green tablecloths as, as people discovered that they could play around with their backgrounds better if they had a green screen behind them uh, but certainly for, for for us as a as, as a podcast it made us look at the way that, that we do things so it, it brought forward the release of the the, the, the Budvar show be, because that wasn't scheduled until that wasn't due to be coming out until April it was supposed to be coming out at the same time as their imperial, imperial hot yeah. pilsner um, we took the decision to bring that forward uh, we had maybe seen some bits that were coming in March and we had actually recorded two shows back to back. So we were able to put one of those out. That was as, quite a, me- that was quite a messy Monday though. Cause it, I think we, did we top and tail the Budvar show? We essentially recorded three shows in one night. Yeah. Yeah. That was a messy Monday. Yeah. We took the decision to go weekly, um, which I'm going to say now oh, quite openly to you. Thank you for, for that because that helped me keep a little bit of sanity during a period of time when I wasn't working um, and it gave me some focus every week. It gave me two points of focus every week, one point being the recording and one point being the editing. Um, and, and I actually think during that time of us moving to, to recording online, it, it, it's possibly forever changed the way that, that we approach the show and deliver the show and produce the show because it made us think about a lot of the ways that we do things. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think especially when we went to weekly, we were very conscious that if we're going to put out weekly content, we can't have two hours of us rambling it, literally every week. Um, and I think for a little period of time, a little bit of a secret, but we, we did, did a little bit of timing every now and again with the watch and look at keeping a very close eye on the clock just to make it a little bit tighter for those weekly shows. Um, it was a pleasure doing the weekly show, Steve. Um, I would say there was three focus points. Your, your, your constant WhatsApp messages are planning. Going, <laughs> starting off with the immortal words, I've had an idea, and me going, oh, no. You no. love it when I have ideas. <laughs> so the emoji of hands over eyes or hands over ears was used quite frequently then. Um, but, yeah, I you know, it was good for me as well because although I started working from home and work got really busy, obviously I wasn't going out. Two of my main reasons for going out is the pub and the gym. If I'm not going to work, 
and neither of those were available to me. So it's better than transition to online. And I think, again, we started off by using Skype, if I remember correctly. First couple, yeah. And that was definitely harder work than what we've got now with Zoom. Um, I really enjoyed the transition process and us learning a little bit more about how this can work. I mean, I feel just as connected to you right now, Steve, through this. And I know that a number of the podcasts that I listen to outside of the beer world have done nothing but use tech. And yes, most of them started off by using Skype. I imagine they've transitioned to starting to use Zoom as well, because it, it, I think the quality is much better than Skype. I mean, it's, Skype's on its way out with the advent of Microsoft Teams anyway. So yeah, I've got no, I see no reason why we don't continue this. The world, as you have said before, Steve, is a smaller place because of the tech. I t- totally agree. And, you know, we've, we've been able to use the tech to our advantage as well. And we did, we, we ended up doing the summer sesh. Uh, we've recently just this past weekend gone back and done the Grimbo crawl. Uh, there were a couple of other kind of online events that we've done and yes, they've all ended up a little bit messy, but we've been able to connect with a lot of our listeners by, by doing those I- events as well. And actually um, the Crimbo crawl this past weekend was probably the smoothest event we've ever run in terms of people chatting and getting involved. Involved. And, and I think that, again, is a consequence of everyone's got used to this now. Yeah. Um, well, the uh, the phrase of 2020, you're mute, hardly came up at all on Saturday night. <laughs> I um, so need that on a T-shirt. I, I yeah. really do. Um, yeah, you need on the front, you're on mute. And on the back, sorry, I was on mute. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, we did four or five um, online sessions in slightly different formats. You know, I think we did a bit of a burst in the summer. They were all great fun. And again, we met some people, Steve, who were only previously icons on Twitter and a Twitter handle. They're now real people. I know that you've got involved in a few other things when you've had a bit more free time as well with some people. I feel like, you know, and if we're talking about Zoom, bottle share. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We come we on, took, mate. Bottle share. bottle share online, didn't we? Yeah. Straight away. My last bottle share was February. There was one in March, which I can go to because work had started to ramp up because people started to get an inkling we were going to be sent home any day. And then the first one in April, 7th of April, we had the first virtual bottle share and it's carried on going. And I would argue that we probably know each other a bit better. I think so, yeah. And we're all able to connect at the same time because bottle share tends to have, say, 10 to 12 people roughly on a a usual first Tuesday of the month. But we can't all talk to each other at the same time because at one end of the table to the other end. So you get like groups of three and four. Um, whereas there's 10 of us. There's generally a good group of 10 of us who have decided that they stay quite happy to do the virtual version. And we're able to talk to each other and all at the same time, as in one person talking, nine people listening. So everyone's hearing the same stuff at the same time rather than only hearing bits of conversations. I think it's been brilliant. I'm so pleased that we've been able to keep that going as well. So pleased. And yeah, tech has definitely uh, proved it's worth for that because there's a couple of people on the bottle share who live alone as well. Yeah, so it's, it's been a bit of a lifeline. And, and certainly it was it was for me in the early days as well because I wasn't, I wasn't able to see 
Emma for, for, for a few months and kind of looking forward to, to, to that first Tuesday of the month and knowing I was going to be able to get together with everyone and have a chat and have a laugh and just have that interaction with people was, was a real kind of marker in the sand in, in terms of something to look forward to. Yeah, and was literally a marker in the sand because our days have started to merge. So that first Tuesday of the month actually was a, a literal marker in the stand. I thought it was really, really good that we were able to do that. It's great that that kind of virtual bottle share is still continuing because it still has to uh, at the moment. It's as simple as that. So come July, we uh, were able to go to the pub again. Um, I was adamant on weekly recordings with you that I wasn't going anywhere near a pub until September. And then I ended up in one the day after opening. Um, <laughs> Steve's willpower lasted 24 hours. <laughs> it was we had, we had taken a walk into town. We were thirsty. It was a hot day. Uh, there was no one in there. We were able to book. We went in. We had a couple of pints. Uh, it was it was a great experience to be back in the pub. Uh, but I didn't really feel like I'd gone back to the pub and, and, until I went back to the Vic in, in, in Colchester and had first pints in the Vic. And with, with a renewed vigour, I'd, I'd seen that the, the, the Vic had sort of taken to putting in a permanent kernel line as well, which was which was great news. And I, and I think Emma and I became regular visitors almost every other week to, to, to the Vic during the, uh, the, the, the short time that it was allowed to be opened again. That was August, wasn't it? Because I think the Vic took a few weeks to yes, transition they came, didn't they, they came back in august um and and then certainly august through to november we were trying to do our best to to, to have regular visits there just because enjoy the beers there we, we we enjoy being there and it's 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 you know it's a it's a great way to enjoy a couple of hour, hours of your afternoon as well yeah i mean i i went to, i particularly took the opportunity to go to a few places that i had discovered uh, while i'd been out cycling um and yes, listeners, we haven't forgotten about her opinions on wheels. It hasn't gone away. It's just that in winter, there's a lot, a lot less to say about it. Um, it's, it's not something you want to do in, in yeah. the winter. It's really uh, not. Well, certainly not you and I. Um, yeah. But yeah, I remember going through the summer and there was a few places which I'd marked out that I wanted to, to pay a visit to. So I think I went out for my, my longest bike ride in terms of time, but probably my lowest amount of kilometres, um, stopping at a few places, sitting outside. And again, we were blessed with a lovely... Uh, late spring and early summer as well uh, where we could sit outside and and take stock and really enjoy our surroundings um, and that was lovely it was it was wonderful to have those moments and you know September I was able to take Michael back to university in Plymouth and have a couple of days down there and visit a few places as well um, and in September I think I even managed to sneak in a visit to the Victoria um, solely uh, I, I told you it was to see you and Emma uh, but it was solely to drink Colonel beer, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. And, uh, and uh, Colin from Beer O'Clock Brewing, who lives in Colchester, joins us as well. So that's a really fun evening. But again, that, that was my first visit to the Vic. And I don't live in Colchester, but I would have got there more than once since that ep- since we'd done um, an episode in February where I drank uh, low alcohol beer because I was driving. Which so, was the day before we went to Czechia. That's why yes. you were on low alcohol beer. Yes, Um Probably a good thing, actually. That's very sensible. I also got to go in September. I got to go to Leeds for, for the weekend. Emma took me for my birthday, and and I made the most of that. I'm not I'm not going to go into that now. We've covered that on, on on previous shows. If you want to listen back to it, but it was great to go back to Leeds and and, and to drink fantastic beer in 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 a, a city that I've of a particular fondness for, as 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 well. And then 
obviously come November and bringing us full circle to where we are now, we we, we find ourselves not being able to, to, to visit the pubs uh, again as and when we please. Um, but we're doing our best to support local independent suppliers wherever we can, aren't we? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, one of those things I had managed to do is that the Leon Sea Tap Room had, had really expanded their operation. Um, and I was able to get there September, October, November um, and had a lovely time. And I do like their beers anyway. And, you know, that will become a bit more when we talk about beers. Um, there's just one other beery adventure I do need to give a shout out. And I have referenced it briefly earlier. Um, and that was my visit to Leicester to be part of the East versus West Midlands uh, podcast off between uh, Beers Without Frontiers and Men Behaving Badly. And that was the Saturday <laughs> before we went to Czechia. Um, so, yeah. You the, don't uh, do things by halves, do you, mate? No, evidently not. Um, <laughs> I, but I'd never been to Leicester. I went to two or three new places, had a really nice time. Always good to spend time with the guys from Men Behaving Badly and, and Beers Without Frontiers. I think uh, we haven't mentioned everything, but there's, I think we did three or four things together as well by the end of february it was a we were fast out of the blocks this year we were very fast because we did the pub call with sean we did the podcast recording with chris hall like 48 hours later yeah but it's it for january we'd already effectively done two pub calls that's not bad going is it it's not bad going for january no not, um, not bad going at all and looking back i'm so pleased we did did those things as well you just yeah. never know what's around the corner. So when you get an opportunity to do something, if there's, if there's nothing that 2020 hasn't taught us, it's definitely just take the ball by the horns if you get the chance to do something. Don't always park it because that opportunity may not come back round again. Wise words, mate. Wise words. They happen sometimes. I want, that, <laughs> I want someone to laminate that. <laughs> In terms of looking back at the year as a whole, there's just a couple of other... I, I, I suppose a couple of other things that I want to mention in, in terms of what uh, I, I think 2020 has um, been in, in terms of the year in beer. So first one, I, I mean, neither of these are going to come as any surprise to anyone. So, so, so the first one is the uh, hashtag Bipper comeback where um, it's always kind of been there and it's been a bit of a joke. And, and I know Andy Parker's a, a keen driver of that, but it, it took nearly all of the year but it, it finally happened mm, um, didn't it? about two months ago where we got not only the return of Thornbridge's Wild Raven, which was probably the first black IPA that I ever drank back in 2012, but the uh, amazing Magic 8-Ball returned from, from Magic Rock. Um, I don't know if they finally got fed up with me trolling them on Twitter or if they had always planned to do it, um, but... On, on drinking both of those, I was instantly transported back to the beginning of my craft beer journey. I was instantly taken back to 2012 and I was drinking flavours that it felt like I was experiencing them for the first time again. Probably more so in, in, in Magic 8-Ball because that, that was just a tremendous beer. And, you know, people are entitled to have their own opinions about Magic Rock these days. But you know what? They brew great beer. And and magic magic eight ball was a real example of that. Well, I'm pretty certain that neither of those beers I'd had previously, and the Wild Raven, you kindly uh, give me a can. They are both ex excellent examples of the style. I think my first exposure to Bipper was probably Beaver Town. 
Oh yeah, yeah, Black Betty. Yeah, which they, I think they came, that came out in the in the last third of this year as well, didn't it? Yeah, they, yeah, they that came that. back again. Yeah, um, that was probably my first example of it. But the Wild Raven and the, and the Magic Ape were just oh, just superbly drinkable, and just find that right point between your chocolate, your dark aroma and flavors, and your and your fruity notes from the hops and stuff. They it's so it'd be so hard to choose between either of those two beers. So hard to choose between either of those two beers. But yeah, if we're talking about style, Steve, I've ended up with a final list of eighteen beers for us to for, for me to think what my beer of the year. The yeah. kind of thing. I've got fourteen styles on that list. That's good going, mate. If if and again, I'm saying that as per how I'm tapped, give the style. So we're yeah. not necessarily saying BJCP, which I think is the right one, but I think that's pretty good going. There's a real mix, and I'll, you know we'll go into that in a bit more detail. But I think we probably ordered maybe some different styles as well because you know if we're talking about maybe trends and stuff like that. We've been at home a lot more. And so you've maybe picked out beers from different places who are doing different styles. Um, you know, some of the breweries we found, some of the stuff they do. So, yeah, I, I would say that actually my exposure to different styles has probably increased this year. I'd, I'd agree to that. So to, to a certain extent, I'm, I'm probably still reverting to type quite a lot and, one of the other comments I wanted to make about this year was I, I think it, it very much has been the year of the return of the proper West Coast IPA. Um, I, I think we started to see some breweries dabbling with it last year. But yeah. What we were still getting was a lot of juicy, sweet beers that were calling themselves West Coast. And in my memory, what were nothing like West Coast. No. And, and then... April came around and, and, and Thornbridge dropped an announcement that probably broke the internet for, a, for, for an hour or so, that they had done a collab with Firestone Morgan, <laughs> yeah. um, Pondera, which was a West Coast IPA. Uh, I know you and I bought a lot of Pondera. and All the ones. Yeah, we drank a lot of that beer. And and yes, it was incredible to drink a beer that was crisp and clean and had those big citrus grapefruit notes. Um, and I was like, yes, this is it. This West Coasts are back. And then we drank Big Eagle from Brew York. And I was like, fuck yes, oh, yeah. West and Coast IPAs are back. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, Big Eagle 2020. Yes, Big it's Yeah, but sorry, I got too excited yeah. there. Um what that bought that Pondera didn't have was was the malt profile, yes. which I had forgotten was a thing in, in West Coast IPA. The backbone, because... the backbone to the West Coast IPA yeah. that we first found in like maybe 2011, 2012 was, yeah, Pondera, I think you used a really critical word there, the word clean. Those US IPAs are definitely clean. Yeah. They definitely lean towards that. I don't know whether it's the water profile or something, but there's definitely a cleanness about it, a crispness. Whereas I think the ones which we find, the American IPAs we find done by UK brewers, especially over the last, say, this year, you get that malt backbone to it, but still in the balance. Yeah. There's still and a bit, there's a bit of finish. There's a dryness. There's pine, there's piney notes, but all the way behind it is something it's all pinned to, and that's that multi backbone. 
yeah and and i want to see more of that i i, I really do um I, I think that's the style of beer that i fell in love with and that's the style of beer that i'd forgotten about i think the closest you could get to that for a long time was sierra nevada parallel torpedo occasionally when you could get it but now we're seeing more breweries and certainly when when i'm seeing the words west coast now i'm trusting them a little bit more whereas maybe 12 months ago i was still a little bit like i think you've just put those words on there and what you've given me is a juicy sweet beer inside i even took to checking you know when you check sometimes on untapped i would start checking people's pictures of the beer yeah I, i've done that i've i've will openly admit i've done that because if i if i look at it and it's it's cloudy or hazy i'm like well that's not west coast no that is in no shape or form is it west coast yeah. by any stretch of anyone's imagination so stop saying it just say, say it's ipa or new england yeah so any other any, any anything else from from the year mate that you want to want to mention just before we wrap up our review um i would just say some of the some of the shifting trends that we some of us found through our working life being transformed through the the beer industry that we love you know zoom launches a lot you know utopian Oh, that's that's massive, isn't it? Yeah. So you know, that's you know, I'm sure that Utopian will get a bit of a shout out at some point, but I'm going to give them my shout out now because a, I think they've taken what the work that people like Braybrook, uh, Don Zoko, and um, or Keller Pills, lost and grounded, yeah, have done to another level. Because they're only doing they they're, they're just focusing on lager. The four forty cans, the branding's fantastic. And then they started doing their online launches. Now they're based in the middle of nowhere in Devon. Um, unless they're going to go to some really central places, you know, say London, Manchester, Sheffield, maybe Glasgow, Edinburgh, people ain't getting to those launches. And they did three online Zoom launches, and each one got just a bit better. And we were able to listen directly to the guy who brewed it. We were able to listen directly to the person who is behind Utopian. Um, and listen to their rationale for setting up the brewery, why they ended up in Devon, why they're doing these particular different styles that we got. We were lucky enough to ch- to try and massive shout out to Utopian for the beers they have sent us and the glass and the glassware that they sent us during lo- during the period we've been through. Thank you ever so much. Loved all the beers and there's been some some crackers in there, especially you know a couple of ones like the uh, Cerno Speciale and the um, Rainbok, you know, to name two. That's definitely been a shift. That's been such good fun as well, because again, we were limited on what else we could do. So to be able to spend an hour with a group of people who were all loving the same thing and listening to how it was made, but not having to plan a whole day to do it. Yeah. That's, made um... it accessible. And we talk about accessibility it, 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 a lot of times with regard to the beer world. And the tech has made a lot of things more accessible. So I thought I thought that was that was definitely a trend, and that isn't going. That genie's out of the bottle. I, I think we'll see that continuing. Absolutely, That's, absolutely, yeah. That will because you know, yes, and, but for in, the better. Yes, an in-person beer launch is great, and I'm lucky that I often work in London, and a lot of those beer launches take place in the city I'm working in, so I don't have to pay to get there. But even though you're only forty-five minutes away from London, Steve, you still have to pay to get there. So there's a cost. Yeah. Um, I would say that some of the other things that I've noticed is I've discovered a few more of my local bottle shops who have transitioned or stepped up 
their online presence. It's probably a better way of putting it. And also buying beers direct from breweries. Wasn't something I did too much. And then Colonel launched their own online brewery. And I went, fuck it. I don't want 12 beers from them. I want a case of 24. <laughs> and, then did it, and then did it again. <laughs> I, think, I think in 2020, if, if you're a brewery and you haven't got an online shop, you're out of the game. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, so many transitioned really quickly in, into that online space. And that was great to see. Impressively quickly. Yeah. Impressively quickly. Because, you know, that's there's a whole load of logistics that come with that. It's not just setting up a website. It's You've then got to deliver on that. It's been a great, it's been a great year for breweries getting their product to the customer, which isn't through their normal method, i.e. Yeah. pubs. Yeah everybody's transitioned really well into small pack and, yeah. and getting various, whether it's cans, bottles, beer in a bag, beer in a box, however they've done it. Well, um, the mini cask. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's been, it's been absolutely great to see that. And we've seen some absolutely fantastic beers as, as, as a result of that, which I know we're going to come on to, yeah. to, and to I, talk I, about in a while. I think, I think some of these things are good. I think some of these things are good. And I know that we've referenced already talking to Jules at Hop Hideout that breweries obviously selling direct, but there is still a place for me for the bottle shop, whether that may be in person or online, because I don't take the kernel out of the equation. I don't always want to order a case of one beer from a brewery. You want to mix that, it up sometimes, any, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And let's, let's, let's be honest. Let's both reference beer central here. Yeah. Um, Michelle does the beer central order because it means that she can go, I'll have one can of that. I'll have one bottle of that. And maybe over a period of six weeks, you have a full box ready to ready to pay for and be delivered. And they're all that you can have a mixture of breweries, a mixture of styles. You you can have a wide variety. You haven't had to go for the whole one size fits all from a brewery. So there is still a place for those places. But again, you need that online presence, and you need to do it well. Get your produce pictures. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media you want to put it on, just make sure people know about it and, and yeah. then deliver. Literally, when I say deliver, again, I'll reference Sean, bomb-proof bomb boxes. Um, you know, you, you, you go in the box, then there's some more wrapping, then there's a bit of bubble wrap, then there's some cardboard. And I'm thinking, there must be beer in here somewhere. But it's so tightly packed and credit where credit's due to Sean. Barely a dent in a can. Yeah, his his packaging is amazing, and and I think ultimately, at the end of the day, he's he's going to lose money if if any of that is damaged in transit. Yeah. So he's he's got to put that effort in at his end to, to to make sure it gets to us in one piece. But there are some breweries who could learn from Sean because they think cans are indestructible. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're fucking not. Yeah, especially these days because they're actually quite thin. They actually yeah. don't need so much, and if you're just going to have them rattling around loose. And it's going to go in transit and be handled by multiple people, which you're not in control of. Then yes, something's going to go wrong. Learn from Sean. Be more Sean. That's what I say. Well, I don't know about you, mate, but I've finished my beer 2020. I've got a little bit left, but that's only because I've been dragging it out. Uh, the one, the one thing that I will comment that kind of happened more as I was drinking it was I, I, I said earlier on about not really noticing the ABV. What I was noticing was 
after each sip, as it began to just slightly warm, I mean, I managed to still drink it all fairly chilled, was, was that I was getting a little bit more heat, a little bit more burn coming down the nose after after a sip. And, and that's something that I very much relate to when I'm drinking wine. You do get a lot of the, the, the vapour and, and the aroma goes sort of up and then comes back down again. Yeah, I did, I did pick up. That's where I was getting the booze. It was coming down my. It was coming down my nose. I hadn't really thought about it, like because I mean, you're, when you do drink wine, you're definitely mu- very much a red wine drinker, aren't you? I am. I, I don't. I don't. I don't enjoy white wine. I don't yeah. like it. I, um, I, I do drink red, pretty much exclusively red. So I just wonder whether you noticed some of those notes a bit more because I didn't get that. What I did know is that it was definitely. Ta- it was definitely as it warmed up a little bit more. It was getting a lot more mellow. Um, there was a lot more balance to some of those notes that we'd mentioned 20 minutes ago. So I have to admit, I think we've said, although we may not do a whole year's worth of experimenting, I think we're going to try and maybe get one or two more. Yeah. Um, I think that white wine quality would increase. Come through more. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I'd be massively surprised. After our experience last year, I'd be massively surprised. But again, it's 10% barrel-aged imperial pilsner who thought that was a thing exactly and again we will say again people will have their thoughts about camden and 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 their ownership but i I think it's great that they still put out this sort of beer once once a year because it shows what they what what their brewers can do it allows their brewers to show their skill which which I love and and, and I really enjoy drink. I, well, I really enjoyed drinking that, and and I am looking forward to if we do it again in the future to to trying it again and seeing how it moves on. That being said, let's move on now to what actually is a opinions beer o'clock show tradition, um, as we move into enjoying last year's Fuller's Vintage Ale. Previously, I didn't really enjoy this one I'm, I'm gonna say when i tried it last year because i always try as, as as listeners will probably know i always we we always get a few bottles of this i always do one relatively fresh then we do one on on the show a year after and then a couple of tucked away in the cellar for undefined points in the future and and when i first tried the 2019 last year i didn't enjoy it at all i didn't get on with it i thought it was all over the place i thought it was unbalanced I've tried it a couple of times since at um, kind of almost periodic times throughout the year. And it has been getting gradually better. And I've got to say, as I'm pouring that, the aroma that's coming off of that is really inviting. I think this has been one of the slowest burners over the years. I think 2018 and 2017 were fantastic. I've tried it twice before. Same, similar to you, had it quite early on when it comes out. And then I think when we had it as part of Opinions 100, we had the 2018 uh, shortly after it, which just blows, blew the 2019 out of the water, to be fair to it. Um, so I'm actually really excited about getting into this again, given that it's almost a year since I had it. Let's procrastinate no longer, my friend. Cheers. Cheers. Now that has started to develop. I know we have vintage vintage ales from Fuller's always use different hops. This feels like it's now a Fuller's vintage ale. Yeah. There's it, a lot going on in there, isn't there? 
And, you know, bearing in mind, we've actually taken a step down. I mean, it'd be only a one and a half percent from 10% to eight and a half. <laughs> because, hey, kids, responsible drinking. It's definitely got that sort of fruitcake quality going on. Yeah, but um, it's boozy fruitcake. Yes, I was just going to say that. Well, isn't I, I, it? This is the first beer tonight that I'm feeding a bit of a boozy hit to it. Yeah. It's not hiding. It's an eight and a half percent there, beer. There's, there's a warmth to it, isn't yeah. there? It's, it finishes with a real warmth coming coming down. And it's, yeah, it's... It's, um, a, it's a very pleasing warmth. It's coming good. Yeah. This is... This this is, is a, it was a slow burn. And probably, I'm sure that you've still got at least one more tucked away. I'm, I'm sure I have as well. Um, it's... Definitely a beer, which is the the last. I mean, I suppose it's had. It's been a year. It's probably about a year and a half old now. It's it's good. Yeah. In in, in parallel to that, though, I'm not. I'm not sure if you've tried a 2020 yet. I, no. I have, and the 2020 is cracking straight out of the box. Yeah, I saw your post about that. This time, it is so good, but it's it's interesting to see whether that again is a result of the hops doing their work initially what will happen in future years as the hops begins to die off and actually the malt and the yeast begin begin to go to work well we spoke about that with some of the um older styles that we did in opinions 100 there were a couple of ones where we didn't exactly love them no no they we, were, yeah we felt that things that either turned and wouldn't come back or maybe there was a, still another stage to come but some of those ones i think maybe 14 and 13 we were going hmm, it's a bit more cellar and mustiness going on here rather yeah. than flavor and lots of things whereas we've had we've both had older ones early 2000s one of my favorite ones is still 2006 i still think that's a that's a cracker and we we both had the 2000 at my son's birthday yeah um and that was fantastic that day so yeah you never know quite where it's going to pitch um but this 15 months down the line from my first tasting this is stepped up it very much so very much so this is um this is definitely coming of age this this one now and this is but still early age i think this will continue to get better yeah should we, should we make some sort of effort to try and sip it a little bit steve while we get into the next bit we we, we probably we probably should because we're going to go through uh this week's question opinions 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 Opinions, opinions. This was us asking our listeners what their beer of the year is, what their brewery of the year is, and what their other highlights of the year is. So this is kind of where we give our what what we call our listener choice uh, awards. Plus, we look at some of our listeners' highlights. Um, obviously, it wasn't a vote, so there's 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 no statistics on the vote. But we did have over six hundred and fifty interactions on this tweet, which which is great to get that level of interaction on on, on a single tweet. And thank you to everybody that got involved. There is a link in the show notes. You can click on the question. You can go through. And you can read all the responses so first up we are going to go with the listeners choice award for their beers of the year we had over 50 suggestions for beers of the year this year in second place was burning skies indecision time 692 sabro now oh. are we being trolled here yes there's because that that there would be no indecision on my part no, no, none whatsoever. Um, but it's it's what the listeners choose. So, so yeah, and let's them... face it, Burning Sky um, 
are never going to be that low down in any sort of listener choice award, are they? They're, they're incapable of not producing a great beer, aren't yeah. they? I mean, we I think we got asked on the uh, Crimbo Crawl on, on Saturday. It might have been Sophie down in Bristol um, about the Colonel Sabro. Given our love for Colonel, yeah, we still didn't order it. No, and, and I still wouldn't. I, I no. still wouldn't. I, I, and I've, I've got no doubt that Colonel have showcased Sabro brilliantly. Yeah. But I'm not going to have it. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, this one has a joint first place, so I couldn't separate these two. Equal number of votes. Um, Elusive Brewing's Oregon Trail, which we've already drunk this evening. Steve, and I thought you didn't vote on your own polls. I didn't. I don't vote on my own polls. Are you sure? I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> positive. And, and also one that I've got to say... I, I love it when this happens. I haven't heard of this beer. Tempests, barrel-aged, all the leaves are brown. Which Bypa- from what, bypass me as well. From what I understand is a barrel-aged brown ale. Oh, um, so Andrew from Riven Brews voted multiple times. And probably bought all of it. So so, so they're our joint winners in, in the listeners' beers of the years. Beers of the years? Beers uh, of the beer, years. T- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's beer, beer number three on the end of year extravaganza. This is going to start happening now, folks. Uh, so, Listener Choice Award for Brewery of the Year. And again, well over 40, 40 plus suggestions for this. Uh, and in typical fashion, we're in reverse order, third place, Formbridge. That doesn't Maybe, surprise me. It doesn't surprise me because we referenced Pondera earlier and they started doing their subscription box. They've been, they, they definitely um, picked up the online world as, as quickly as they could do. Um, and again, second place, Burning Sky. They they can't surprise. They can't do much wrong. I, I, I mean. really don't buy enough Burning Sky beer, and I really should rectify that in the coming year. Have we done Burning Sky on the show, Steve? Never. Right, twenty twenty one. Yeah, we find the right Burning Sky beer. Maybe if if listeners want to nominate one that we can do, and no, not the one that came in second place earlier, the six nine two Sabro, because it's not happening. But one of their other beers, then maybe let's give it a good I've, shout I've out. Drunk plenty of their beer this year, yeah. And and one of their beers was a was an early contender for me in terms of beer of the year. So I'm I'm surprised that we haven't ever featured them on the show. I know it is a surprise to me, but it's a much loved brewery and they have much loved beers. So we we 2021, it's on the list. We'll make that commitment right here, yep. right now to our listeners. We will feature Burning Sky beers next year. But first place, and this is where they have done so well in 2020, Utopian. Massive shout out. Massive yeah. shout out to the guys at Utopian. We've already referenced them. We've already referenced some of their beers. We've already referenced um, their transition to doing the online beer launches, which I thought they got, they pitched really well. What do you think about that top three then, Steve? I'm a little surprised. I'm going to say, um, I'm not surprised to see Thornbridge in there. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised to see Burning Sky in there, um, but... I know there's a lot of love out there for them. What really surprises me is the, as, as you've already mentioned, um, the, the impact that Utopian have had on the beer world, the beer community, in particular beer Twitter. Um, I think there was a point early on in, in sort of March, April, May, where you literally couldn't go on to beer Twitter without somebody talking about Utopian Brewery. And, and I think that, that speaks volumes in terms of them doing something really, really right. Yeah. It wasn't just their engagement. It wasn't just their engagement. The beers stand up to the engagement. Yeah. 
So yeah. yeah, you may you may be curious the first time. And you know, we got to try a few of them when we were speaking to Ruth Beer Fairy at Brew London. We we sampled a few. Um, and then like I said, we were lucky enough to be involved in the online beer launches. They sent us the beer. But I'm pretty certain between us we've had five or six orders. Easily over, yeah. over the course of time as well. Uh, and that's probably over just the last eight months. We're not alone. I've seen plenty of people ordering lots of the people, uta- the utopian, utopian beers. Know, yeah. um, they're very reasonably priced. They are very good beers. The branding is excellent. The, the, they have pinned their colours to the mast. They've gone, we're a lager brewery. That's all we're doing. We'll give you as many different lagers as you think we can do and maybe a few you never thought about. And they've nailed it. They have, they have definitely, I mean, it would never have been their plan to do no. all of this this year the way they've done it you talk about the branding um if 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 we were doing an award for branding of the year without without a doubt my vote would go not not just utopian but the branding on that cern speciality that black and gold is possibly the most beautiful thing i've seen on a can all year it's exquisite really is exquisite and there's been some fantastic cans this year um more so than bottles but i think that's because i've just seen more cans um but it was very much utopian branding done just a little bit different because they brought out slightly different beer. Um, and it looks fantastic on the shelf, whether that be your beer cupboard, your beer cellar or your, or your fridge shelf, it looks cracking. It stands yeah. out and it, but it still says utopian. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. So. We don't, we don't, we, we don't often talk about branding, but I think we've both been impressed with the utopian branding yeah, this they've, year. They've launched very well and they've, they've, they've stood out in a market. As, as yeah, well. which I think they had to because new. I mean, Burning Sky have been around a while. They've built their reputation. Yeah, you know, but their, their branding's incredible as well, isn't it? Yeah, but they've built their reputation. That branding's we're familiar with their branding. This time last year, we're not talking about Utopian. No, so they've done a fantastic job of getting the beers and the brand awareness out in 2020 in a very difficult market when everyone else is trying to showcase their wares because people are having to buy in a different way. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've, been, I've been massively impressed. And I think they deserved their first place, but I was surprised they got first place. I, I am, but I'm not. Is that because of the engagement? Do you think that yeah. it's fre- fresh in the memory, fresh in the mind? Yeah, I, I think so. And especially with them launching the, the CERN Speciality in the last few weeks, that landed. You and I were blown away by it. Yep. And and then a lot of people ordered it, and a lot of people have been blown away by it. So it's, you, you know, credits, credit where credit's due. They've, they've, they've done very well there. Yeah. Thanks to everyone, though, who's interacted because i know it takes a little bit more effort than just having a vote on a poll yeah you have to actually think about this one to to put in your responses don't you so yeah thank you everyone for that but we've got some highlights coming up steve we 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 have we'll just rattle through these so uh first up from richard taylor at rich taylor 1608 doing fuller's vintage vertical tasting with martin and steve we've already referenced that we absolutely love that thanks rich for hosting us and thanks for comparing and, and, and being involved we we really do appreciate that uh next up bit of a personal one for me this uh twinny from emma w twinny that's that's emma uh, a beery highlight taking steve to lead so he could show me his faves um it was a great weekend uh you know i mentioned it early on we've mentioned it on a previous show um i love leeds I, I i love the place i love the people um i can't wait to go back again 
Spiritual home for you, Steve. Spiritual home, mate. Um, some more comments. One from James at Gammon Barron. The Magic Beers Virtual Tap Room. I love Katie and Mike. From Dr. Gaffer Katie of Nomadic Beers, Leeds Brewster, caps off an elusive coming to our tap room for events in the middle of a pandemic, putting their faith in us to provide a safe environment and give something different to our customers. From Russ Clark at Gentleman of Beer, the big obvious one launching Amity and despite all the Rona nonsense, getting the brew pub live. Congrats on that, Russ. Well done. And then from Richard, Richard Lindsay at Richard Unscott Lindsay, the launch of New Barnes Brewery, a fantastic brewery with amazing people. Yeah, on New Barnes, I think 2021, I think they're going to be quite high up on a lot of people's they're lists. They're going to be huge next year. That would be my tip for 2021 yeah. is New Barnes. Um, from John at Beer in the Suburb, next day delivery, especially when those cans arrive fridge cold. <laughs> and I've sent a WhatsApp to you every now and again, haven't I? Saying the beers have turned, whatever beers it is, the delivery's turned up at 10 o'clock in the morning and they're just almost like perfect drinking temperature. And then I have to go back to my work call. Damn. <laughs> From JT at Alien Metal. As contentious as it is, Tesco versus Morrison supermarket battle for many, many people is allowing them access to beers they could only previously get by ordering online with a minimum spend and delivery fee. I can now get a big variety of beers while getting groceries. Oh, spoiler alert on that one. People might want to listen to Beer Nation to hear you expand on that. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say on, on, on that. From Paulie G at Can I Get a P? In terms of beer highlights, the Brew Gooder collabs for charity never seem to pick up column inches despite producing some very good beers. The Michael Jackson Foundation to get more black people into brewing and distilling was launched to much fanfare and should be applauded. From Paul Wright at lean left underscore right, doing the Sturchley Beer Mile twice, although Glasshouse Beers was closed both times. We'll make it there soon. From Johnny Beer Boy at Johnny Beer Boy. First and then last pints of cask in the Colmore Tap between lockdowns and the support for my local craft bar. And from Beyond the Pale at Ian Sutton 12, Manchester Beer Festival, the best large fest bar none. Thank God I managed to get it in this year. From Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulia, highlights have been the Utopian Inn at, and Sunday Club for the regular contact with friends. I've got to say there are also lots and lots of other comments for virtual drinks, meetups, tasting events and pubs. There was, there, there was lots of those that came through. We can't list them all. Um, but as I said earlier, if you click through on the, the link in the show notes, you'll be able to see the comments. And then from Beers Without Frontiers podcast at Beers underscore Frontiers, summer session on Zoom, Beer School with Nat, recording Beer Nation 2020 and the only beer festival of the year, Indie Beer Feast. And last in this section from Michael at Mick McGrawty, beery highlight of the year is undoubtedly Nat's virtual beer school. It was great fun. I learned loads and it helped me get my first beer related qualification. Big shout out to yourselves as well for a consistently stellar podcast all year long. Thank you very much, Michael. Yeah, thank you very much. And, um, yeah, Nat's Beer School has got quite a lot of love. Hasn't it just so? Yes, again, we've got a Listener Choice Award in the Beery Highlights. Um, Nat's Beer School gets the Listener Choice Award, but it's a joint award with, and there were lots of comments for, for this as well, um, Hop Hideout's Indie Beer Feast as, as well, which I think was one of the only beer festivals to slip through earlier on in the year. Um, yeah. 
but it's it's great to get all those comments, all of those great highlights from people, uh, whether it be beers, breweries, or, or things that you've done. Um, keep those coming. Use the hashtag opinions, and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. From Mike McGuire at McGuire Mike. The McGuire's love Neptune Brewery. Listening to Julian and Les talk about the brewery, the local area and the beers with the humour and twang that I love and miss made this an outstanding and emotional podcast. Thank you all. The outtake, though, class. <laughs> People really love those outtakes, don't they? From, from the last show, they really do. From Wayne at Irish Beer Snob, continuing my catch-up of the back catalogue. Love the episode featuring Rob Edwards and love the closing tune. Agree with Martin and Rant regarding opening times. Same applies to restaurants too. Also, fondly remember our cannonball run in Owls by Mal in Billericay too. Oh, that was a while ago. It's about four years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Blimey. Lifetime. From Jake Williams at Baggin71. I haven't been in a pub or bar since November the 3rd, but like the false... Pub going will always be with me and I can't wait to return. Oh, and our government is definitely the worst, but the USA might just trump us. I I believe that might be a reference to our conversation with Owen Walsh on the Brussels Beer City one. Yeah. Um, But yes, thank you very much for that one. Uh, Your boy, Rob Edwards, Rob underscore Edwards 90, for those one or two people who may not know who Rob is. Um, there has been no need to put the heating on in my house this morning. Instead, I have been wrapped up in this audio blanket. If Martin and Steve are a cup of hot chocolate, then Owen is the whipped cream and sprinkles on top. Excellent show as always, chaps. I don't think you're going to beat a description of this podcast this year than, than that. That's any nope. better, are you? From Paulie G at Can I Get a P, another great episode. Clearly need to get that Brussels brew project, Scotch Owl. I somehow forgot the brewery Owen was talking about being in a small Wallonian village. And then from Ian A, Hay at II Hay. Good show, even if it did remind me of the work trip to Belgium that should have happened, but didn't. Really enjoyed it. And finally, from Rasco and Disco Beer Review, hashtag stay safe, gents. Massive thank you. Great show. I feel the same way about pubs. I learned a fair bit, a fair bit about Belgian beer too. Great comments, as, as, as always. Just keep the comments coming. Use the hashtag opinions. We're at the part of the show that everybody has been waiting for. And no, it's not the walls, wheels, walls, walls, not the wheels falling off completely. It's, well, apparently it is the wheels falling off. Fall, fall, fall. It's not. The wheels are falling off. They're off. They're loosened. Um, we're at the part of the show where everybody wants to know what our beers and brewery of the year is. Tell me your two honourable mentions for brewery of the year. Okay. Honourable mention one and two. Cheshire Brewhouse and Leon C. So Cheshire Brewhouse, um, you know, we were lucky enough to have some beers from them a couple of years ago. And I was so blown away by those beers that I ordered a case of beer on the train home after recording um, and pretty much this year I did the same I've ordered a couple of cases from Cheshire Brew House and they were one of the first breweries that I could honestly say they have done their bit to transition to cans and make those those beers taste and feel like I'm drinking cast beer but having said all of that the two beers that they produced this year, Govinda and Gibraltar Porter. Amazing. Fuck, fucking amazing. Both amazing of them were beers. amazing beers. Um, and cracking artwork. 
as yes. well. Let's give yeah, the artwork yeah, that, a mention that, there. That, yeah. that, that work on the cans has definitely stepped up a notch as well from the uh, labelling on the old bottles, which was still good. This is another notch up. Um, and also, we've seen a bit more of the personality of Cheshire Brewhouse in 2020 as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Shane loves a video doesn't he let's yeah. be honest and he every now and again will get on there and he'll show he'll, he'll wear his colors on his sleeve yeah, we get we get a bit of personality from him but yeah i mean you and i were massively looking forward to Givinder again having loved it a couple of years ago and we weren't disappointed were we no we were not disappointed but before we had the Givinder, we were lucky enough to do the gibraltar porter when we had that on the show mm. oh that was still amazing Absolutely amazing Mate, that beer, beer. I've had that a few times since, and it just keeps getting better and better. I, I mean, I, I, I've got I've got one tucked away for my fifty beers for fifty years thing that I'm doing, and I every time I open the uh, the, the, the the larder door, it's there. I'm going to have to hide it at the back because otherwise, I'm going to drink it drunkenly one night. I'm not surprised because it, not only is it superb, it's so drinkable. Yeah, yeah, and um, that does not taste. It's eight percent. No, definitely doesn't. And Leon C, they're local to me. I've got to know the people there. We're, we're lucky that our friend Matt works there now. And, you know, Matt is part of our bottle share crowd. We've known Matt for years. So when I go there, I feel like I've, I'm going to somewhere that I really like. I love their beers, whether it be cask, draft, bottle, can, and they do all of them. Um, but, again, they're Legra Pale Ale which is effectively uh, a single hop citra American pale ale at 3.8% is off the charts good. For that, that beer is for... ridiculously drinkable. Yeah. Um, and they brought out a bigger version, an X version, which is 6% plus. And if I remember correctly, your uh, check-in just said grapefruit, grapefruit, yeah. grapefruit, grapefruit, and spot on that was. But Can also... I just give a massive shout out to, to, to Leon C? And it might have been what you was just about to say. <laughs> For, for their SS9. Yes. Just, just being the most drinkable Imperial Stout you're ever going to come across. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 I think we tried it for the first time as part of um, where we did the recording with them. But I've had it a few times since. But the transition to can. Putting that beer in a can has been the possibly the best thing that ever happened to it. Yeah. It was bloody fantastic. Yeah. But also, just one more shout out for them. They also are part of the Bipper comeback as well with their Crowstone. It's a good beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because they're literally, if I go the long way round, I can get a five mile walk in before I get there and feel like I've earned a few of those hashtag beer points. It just becomes a really nice environment. Like everyone else, they're suffering, but their beers were always good. But again, a bit like we've said with Lucifer Brew and with Cheshire Brew House, they've really stepped up with their small pack. They are, they're smashing some of those beers. Mm. So, yeah, two honourable mentions, Cheshire Brewhouse and Leon C. What would be your two honourable mentions, Steve? So, first one's the Colonel, um, purely on the fact that they have at least four beers that made it into my Beer of the Year contender list. Really? Yeah. Um, and also, just because the consistency... Um, you see that brown label, you've you've got to buy it, unless it's got the word Sabro on it, obviously. Um it, they just, they're just good at what they do. No, they're not they're not good, they're great. 
yeah they're great at what they do yeah so let, let's put the sabro to one side because that's a bit of that's us rather than them to coin a phrase you're right and like i said when they transitioned to having an online shop i, I i've done many i think i've done at least two orders and it was both 24 bottles both times I don't blame you. I mean, I'm lucky enough to be able to pick them up from uh, Two Brews in Colchester that gets a regular supply. But their beer that's really stood out for me this year has been, and it's not a new beer, it's, it's a beer that they've kind of always brewed, is the um, Imperial Brown Stout London. Oh, 18, I, did that, I did it the other week. Whatever it is, yeah. 1856, I think. Yeah, it's just, it's, I, I had it last <sighs> night as my first beer on my 12 beers of Christmas, just because it's so good. It is so good that beer is brilliant it's i actually took a dis- active decision to not put kernel in my list this year for no other reason than i think they've probably appeared somewhere in the beer of the year contenders and mentions for me over the years but that's only because I took... wrong with that though no, no no that's only because i took that decision yeah. um, I, I i actively wanted to give a few other shout outs but their beers are just fantastic they're still they are still on the list they are still on the contender list and the Imperial Brown Stout, London 1856, is the one on that list. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's what, between 95 and 10%, depending which iteration you Depending get on in. how they feel, <laughs> yeah. what, what day of the week it is. Something um, ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah. What, what star sign it is. Um, yeah. And every time that beer delivers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a brilliant beer. And, and they're a great brewery. And I don't think we'll find anyone that would disagree with that. My, my other one is, and, and I, I don't know if I kind of erred on the side of, I think Martin's going to go a bit left field with these suggestions. So some of the breweries that I want to get a mention, I think Martin will mention. Um, my, my other honourable mention is Thornbridge. And I know there are probably listeners going, oh, fuck <laughs> off, come on. But no, I mean, they they bought back west coast with pondera um i went to leeds and i drank a pint of cask jaipur so you're not coming through you're on mute sorry uh (laughs) and it's still the most amazing cask beer that you're ever going to drink i've subscribed to their beer club and i've not been disappointed yet what what thornbridge do is is just really really consistent beer really really tasty beer and beer that's accessible at a price point for everyone and yeah. that's that's what i love about thornbridge their their, their their beers online i mean obviously they've they've done their Thornbridge beer club now i think the third box is coming out or fourth box um and you referenced your 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 pint of jaipur and i think on the upcoming beer nation laura references her and Jim going to the Sheffield tap literally to have Jaipur on cask. More spoilers. And I think if you'd seen my my face on Zoom at that particular point, it was almost like I was crying. Didn't, didn't I message you and say your face at, yeah. uh, at what Laura just said? <laughs> it's just the way she described the beer and the, and yeah. the tap room, um, the bar at the Sheffield tap. It was, you, you are right. They do. I mean, that, Pondera was fantastic and also pairing up with Firestone Walker. Some of the beers they're now delivering, they do appeal to people. They they appear in different places. You know, they, they, there are certain of those beers which are tailor-made for, for beer shops. They are they have beers which are tailor-made for supermarkets now. That's proven. I mean, that's what four or five of their core range 
are supermarket beers. But I would say, for me, I haven't noticed any change in quality. No, the quality's I've, there. I've not noticed a single change in that. Um, I, I still like the fact that as part of my grocery shop, I can pick up two four packs of dry pour and spend nine quid. I can't get Jaipur and cask where I live. I can't get Jaipur and tap. Even in less restricted times, I can't get those two beers. That's that close you're going to get to it as, yeah. as well, isn't it? Um, and for them to be able to do that and still get that quality, but yeah, some of those beers they're delivering now and to bring back uh, Raven as well, the Black IPA. Even if I had missed the uh, original Formbridge uh, tweet, I wouldn't have missed your retweeting and commenting anyway, Steve, <laughs> and your absolute love for that beer coming out. So no, I, I, I see no problem with that at all. Like I said, there's a lot of love for breweries like Burning Sky who do something a little bit different. And I think there's no reason why a brewery that consistently delivers. You've, you've named two breweries that consistently deliver there. And, and that's that's massively important to me as a consumer. Oh, it's money. I, you pay yeah, your money. I, want, I want consistency in what I'm drinking. I, I don't, uh, especially at the moment where I've spent the majority of the last 12 months only uh, only earning 80% of my salary. I, I want to make sure that money that I'm spending on beer is is going into beer that I am going to enjoy. It's so, only, you don't need drain pools. And let's face it. You'd be damn unlucky to get drain pools with either of those two breweries you reference, mate. Exactly that. So let's move on to our brewery of of, of the year, um, Martin. Who who's yours? Uh, Brew York. I, I had a sneaking suspicion you were going to say that. Um, I was a bit eloquent, I think, earlier. Probably more eloquent than I'll be now um, after the the last three beers. Uh, the Big Eagle Twenty Twenty blew me away as a West Coast IPA, and. Um, I did correct you about, I pointed out the Big Eagle versus the Big Eagle 2020 because they brought the ABV yeah. down uh, for the competition to get it into a particular style category. The 2020 is a superior version of that beer. Um, and it was fantastic. But the reason they've got my vote isn't because of the Big Eagle 2020. It's because they do a gooseberry fruited beer called Goose Willis which I just fucking adore. Excellent. I love that. I have no idea. I, if you had told me, but not only in 2020 would I have a list of 17 beers with 14 different styles, but one of them was a gooseberry beer, I would go, yeah, what are you on about? Seriously, even back in 2016 when we started, I would have gone, what are you on about? That gooseberry beer is so good. They've got the right balance between the gooseberry fruitiness and my nan used to make gooseberry preserves so i can sort of remember it and it's definitely a memory of mine the sweetness the drinkability and it's just over five percent i've got no idea how they do it i don't no idea how that magic works to deliver that beer in that way and also the name of the beer goose willis brilliant yeah. um, which brew york definitely have a way with their then the naming of their beers they, and, they are on point with their puns that's, yes, that's, that's all we need to say. It's, it's in the right place. They pitch yeah. it in the right place yeah. as well. Um, and I can't wait to go back to York. I can't wait to go and meet Lee and talk about the brewery, see the new facility they've got, the new premises, and drink at that tap room. Whether I'll get the Big Eagle 2020, I don't know, but the Goose Willis I'm confident of. Um, I can't wait. 
so yeah brew york is my brewery of the year okay so i that that's what i thought you would go with so let's let's see how much we know each other who who do you think i've Ooh. gone with i hadn't actually given much thought who you'd go with um i'm gonna say elusive you are bang on mate we, <laughs> we are we are literally like mr and mrs here for, for right, the, right now for the older listeners <laughs> um yeah, it, it's absolutely elusive for me. Um, not just because Oregon Trail is an amazing beer, um, but because, and not just because Andy is the nicest man you're ever going to meet, <laughs> um, but because he runs a a fairly small brewery in in, in the scale it is of small. things. It is small. And, he, he's round the corner from Siren, mate. Yeah, and he he transitioned uh, very quickly to to doing an online offering. Um, I bought beers early on in the year from him, maybe sort of May sort of time, uh, some bottled selection and every one of them, the, the, the level up, the overdrive, the spellbinder. It was, it was almost like drinking cask from a bottle. The conditioning that he had got on the beers was perfect. Um, he then transitioned into cans and bought out Oregon Trail and, and that Oregon Trail blew me away. Not only did Oregon Trail blow me away in cans, Spellbinder, in, in terms of it being a coffee porter, probably um, one of my favourite coffee porters of all time has always been Magic Rocks Common Grounds. Spellbinder blew that out of the, 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 the park. It was just, that's, just that's incredible. A big, that's a big shout for you. Yeah. And he's continued to produce fantastic beer in small packs. Four times now I've had to rearrange my trip to his taproom. And and I'm hoping that I do eventually get there because I just want to go and I just want to, I just want to buy, I actually want to buy that man a beer. I want to buy that man one of his own beers because he deserves it. Um, yeah. Without a doubt for me this year, uh, uh, elusive, uh, absolutely my brewery of the year. Yeah. Although I hadn't prepared for that, that question, it's not a shock. And, but everything you've said is spot on. Everything you've said about, Andy and the beers. And I think we've always said that we, we think he's an excellent brewer anyway. There has been a step up this year. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right about when I said about Cheshire Brewhouse, I think they were one of the first ones that I felt like I could picture myself drinking this. This is a cast beer, but in a can. Andy's done the same. Mate, and Andy made you enjoy a pumpkin beer. That deserves an award in its own in, in, in its own right. That's true. What 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 award category do we need to come up with for that one? But yes, I but yeah, Andy has churned out some fantastic beers this year. And I still love I love the branding. I love the, the different iterations of level up. I love the Lord Nelson. And oh, you know, the Lord I didn't even mention that. The Lord Nelson this year fucking amazing. Yeah. That beer no. is so good. That's what I'm saying. He stepped up. And I don't he, like farmhouse beers. No. But again, he's not trying to shock you. No. No. He, he He's picked a style. I think because uh, that's the one with Nev Nelson Savon, isn't it? Yeah. That Nelson Savon balances off some of that farmyard fun that you're not a fan of. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I'm most excited about is the fact that he's bringing back level up level one which is which is the beer that started it all for him that was the, that was the winner wasn't it yeah and that that's coming in cans soon and i absolutely need that in my life 
beard yes. thing because that was, as you say, that was the beard that, that started it. For, yeah, for I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Um, so, very excited about that. I'm finished. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I've finished my Fuller's Vintage Ale. Like, so, go on. Final thoughts on the Fuller's Vintage Ale before we get to our winners. Well, it's really drinkable now. That's that's all I'm going to say. Um, no, it's 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 got um, there's there's a lot going on in that now. There's lots of flavors going on. It's it is fruitcake. It's boozy fruitcake, um, but it's also really really. So it's, there's a light sort of citrus bitterness on the finish as well. Yeah. Um, it's developed really well over the last year. I think it's um, like I said, it now feels like it belongs in the Fuller's Vintage Ale range. Yeah, whereas like, before it didn't. Yeah, it felt like a bit of an outlier before. It felt like they were trying to shoehorn a beer into that range, whereas now it feels part of the family. Yes, yeah. It's it's it's. If you give this to me blind tasting, maybe not after three beers, but maybe as a first beer, I'd go. It feel. I may not say it's a Fuller's Vintage 2019, but I would liken it to a Fuller's Vintage beer because it's now in the same realm. And yes. We did drink it a bit too quickly, probably again, Steve. Pro- probably, but it, it's the end of year. Fortunately, we still have a beer to go. We, we do. So we've got, we've, we've still got to do our beers of the year and we've got to do the, the biggest announcement of all, which is number one fan. Um, but we need probably one more beer to get us through that. Well, of course we do. This is Signature Brews Anthology. It's their annual Imperial Stout. This is the 2020 version coming in at 10%. Um, We're very grateful, again, to have been sent this by Signature Brew. But this is a beer that both you and I absolutely love, isn't it? And I don't think it's the first time we've done it on a podcast either. No, I think it's been one of the opinions on films in the past. Um, It's a beast of a beer. It's it's another 10% Imperial Stout. It, is, um, it, it poured out of the can like fucking tar. Yeah, like, which is which is actually what I want from an imperial stout. It's it's dark. It's thick. It feels like it's going to be a boozy number, mate. Shall we get into this? Let's let, let's let's get in. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, coffee straight away the nose. Oh, coffee, dark chocolate, licorice. On on that mouthfeel, it is thick. Yeah. It does it does coat the mouth. Um, it's almost a um, bit of that tobacco ash. Yeah, kind of note to it, especially yeah. at the back end. It's it's like a it's a seventy or eighty percent dark chocolate as as, yeah. as well. Yeah, it's um, not an, it's not an easy eating dark chocolate. No, but the finish is really soft. You you get all that up front, and and then you actually get what's for 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 a beer of this stature you get quite an easy finish. Yeah. I mean, we were quite lucky. These actually landed the day of recording, didn't they? For us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and these, we were only going to do three beers tonight listeners, but fuck it. We thought we'd give you the, 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 the full extravaganza. Yeah. It's a Monday. What could go wrong? Let's talk beers of the year then. So again, we're going to do two honorable mentions and a winner. Yeah. And this may be where one of the surprises turn up. Um, which I referenced a couple of days ago on Twitter after um, a virtual online work beer tasting. A New England IPA has made it into my honourable mentions. I don't think I'm surprised, actually. I think you've been more generous with your New England leaning in the last year. Yes, um, but this one from Track uh, called I Dance Like This 
um, was a proper, it showcased all of those good things about New England IPA. It didn't, it didn't showcase gloop. It didn't showcase juice. It didn't showcase way too much sweetness. It was balanced. It was drinkable. It's the kind of beer you would give to someone who says, I don't like beer. Um, okay. It was really, really good. And it's it was a big favourite on the night for the virtual beer tasting we had um, by the time of release a week or so ago. And it it did pretty much blow me away. It, it reminded me of some of those beers I had from uh, Trillium when I was in um, in Boston a couple of years ago. Bloody brilliant. Really, really good. If you can get hold of it, it's worth a shout, mate. It's nice to hear that, and I'm sure our listeners will appreciate this as well, that we've got a New England IPA in there because we're not that way leaning, are we, generally? No, no, no that's probably why it blew me away because it, it hit all the right notes. And what's your other honourable mention this year, mate? Okay, less of a departure. Uh, Pliny for President from Russian River. Um, oh, oh, yeah, it was a good beer. Um, we, we managed to get some, Michelle and myself, and sent one over to your your good self. Big and thumbs up. Yeah. Although it's not the literal Pliny, the original, it was a damn good IPA. I mean, it's I think it's referenced as a double IPA. Um, DDH. But version of Pliny, yeah. It wasn't a DDH that we've perhaps become accustomed to over here, which is almost like a New England amped up version of a beer. This had all of the right stuff amped up. Balanced bitterness, balanced piney, balanced resinous. And I waxed lyrical on my untapped check-in and uh, Mr. U and RCD said, why didn't I give it a five? And I said, I think it's probably just because I wasn't having it at the source. Time and place. Yeah, yeah. time and place. Yeah. I was having it at home on a bit of a damp autumn evening rather than on the west coast of America at the tap room. I mean, it would have got a five plus, seriously. Um, and also I would have had Pliny, the original as well. So, yeah, that I, I only I think me and Michelle managed to get Three cans for us. I think we sent one to you and one to Clayton, our esteemed creative director. I loved it. It was a superbly drinkable beer at what about eight and a half percent? Bloody fantastic. And yeah. one can only imagine what Pliny's like off the back of that. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant beer. Yeah. And I am very appreciative that, that you managed to get one over to me. So I'll do my two honorable mentions and then we'll do our beers of the year. Uh, I think so. My, my first honorable mention was a real late entry to, to this. And that is um, from a brewery that has been mentioned many times this evening, Utopian's CERN Speciality. Their black lager absolutely blew me away. When I opened it, poured it, I smelled it, I got the aroma, I drunk it, and I was like, fuck me, that is incredible. And I downed the pint of it in probably record time and then bought a lot of it after. Um, it's just a great beer. It's just, um, and I think possibly you summed it up in in, in one of your um, untapped check-ins, which was your benchmark for that style is Budvar and that excelled it. I absolutely agree. 
um, Cern's speciality from Utopian. It's almost like they said, right, we're going to have a great year of beers that we're going to release. But what we're going to do is we're going to wait right until the end of the year and we're going to release this absolute banger, which is what they did. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I know that Budavara and the Cerny speciality aren't quite the same style, but it's still my benchmark. Yeah. If we're talking about, in general terms, a black lager versus a black lager, we have both um, talked about our love for the Budvar Dark. And we've had quite a lot of it this year. And referencing what we said earlier, when we had the table full of meat back in February, we both were drinking the Budvar Dark. Yeah. And loved it. And still do. But yes, the Cernay Speciale went, okay, I see you. This is what I can do. Yeah. And went, bang, here you go. Just a great beer. So, so good. And hats off to Utopian for, for, for bringing that out. And Especially it's still a lager. And it's, it's still a bright lager. time of the year for it as well, though. But it's still lager. It is. And you still get those lager characteristics yeah. from it. But That's then you get so a nice, good. you get a bit of a warm hug at the end from, from it, which is what I love. My, my other honourable mention is, again, a beer that has been mentioned many, many times this evening, and that's the Big Eagle 2020, which was a, a beer that made me realise what was missing in West Coast IPA, and that was malt, and it was the malt profile. And personally loved the fact that part of their reason for brewing that beer was because they listened to us and because they took a little bit of inspiration from what we were saying in terms of West Coast IPAs. Which I have to admit, I'd forgotten a little bit about, but was very, very pleasing to hear. And yeah, it was, seriously, it was such a good beer, along with all the other good beers that they're doing, along with all the good branding that they're doing. And even the box they send out with the beer has a 10% off at the tap room. Yeah. So, but even the what, box is branded as well. Yeah. So, so you know one, what it is when it appears. One day when we go to that tap room, we, we still, they've said to you, turn up, you've got 10% off. Whatever round you're buying, you've got 10% off. Um, I have nothing else to add about Big Eagle 2020. We are close to our winners, Steve. Well, we are. That's all that's left. Am Who's I going, going first? first? Uh, I'll tell you what, let's, let's turn it around. You go first this time. Okay. Um, I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Not a single person is going to be surprised at what I'm about to say. But for me, uh, my beer of 2020 is Oregon Trail by Lucid. No. Yes. Sorry. I have almost not fallen off my seat. (laughs) Um, The the, the first batch was it, it, it almost took what Big Eagle had done for West Coast IPA. But by the fact that it brought the ABV down by a couple of percents, made it so much drinkable. The second batch took it to a new level for, for, for me, that bitter, that, that bitterness on the end, that resiny, piney, bitter, sticky finish is, is just everything I want from a beer. And I absolutely, absolutely love Oregon Trail. And I really hope that Andy introduces that as part of his core range because it needs to be. It, it is almost the UK exemplar of the style, as, as, as far as I'm concerned. 
I think given the amount of love that's been displayed for this beer um, across both the batches, plenty of engagement. Yes, it should be part of the core range now. That should be, you know, Spellbinder, Oregon Trail, Overdrive, Level Up. Yeah, that's that's what we want. That's what I want from Elusive. So, you, you, so you'd order that mixed case, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Without, without I, I'd I'd order that mixed case on a subscription basis. Yeah, so just give regularly. Me, give give me that up. every month. Yeah, just turn up. That's, that's all what the time. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's a fantastic choice, mate. So, what's yours? I've got a bit not left field in terms of style, but left field in terms of beer because it's generally I try to think of beers that we could all have. Um, I've gone for one partly because of that Providence where we were. So 12th of February in Prague, in that place, the craft house in Prague. And do you remember we suddenly discovered the Czech, Czechia did a whole load of West Coast IPAs. And we went up to the bar and there was another one. Went up to the bar, there was another one. When I say there was another one, there was another one, which is a couple of feet up in ABV. So it kept on increasing. Um, I've gone for Gunslinger. Uh, for Pivovar Raven, West Coast IPA, that you and I absolutely loved. It was smooth, it was clean, it was crisp. It necessarily didn't quite have the backbone, necessarily the multi-backbone of, say, Elusive or Big Eagle 2020. But I think because you, me, Tim, uh, Josh and Alice were in that bar a few minutes before it was going to go from the 12th to the 13th of February, um, where my birthday was, it was just a wonderful moment. And I probably think back even more lovingly on that as well since then. And literally those West Coast IPAs that the Czechias do were fantastic that day. We tasted some really, really good examples of the style. But just sitting at a little table, five of us, I can't wait to get the chance to go back to Prague, go back to the craft craft house and have a selection of their west coast ipas because they're obviously west coast ipa fans well I, i'm not sure it's that but i just i just think that czechia breweries really know how to nail a style so if you if, if you said to them produce a load of saisons they'd produce them to the level of saison dupont or better they, they just concentrate so much on making sure their style is right. Yeah, then they get it. They 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 go with that advert. Yeah, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, but what I love is that for both of us, uh, and and there's probably a bit of a theme throughout the entire end of year <laughs> show here, is is that we love the fact that West Coast IPAs are back. Yes, yeah, West and, Coast and IPAs that, are back, and I prefer if I had to vote for a star that I wish was back, that would still come above. The Bipper comeback. Yeah, uh, me, me too. I, I, I want, I want West Coast plugged into my veins, please. That's that's that that's what I want. Um, a bit like the Matrix. Yes, because that's the style that I enjoy. It absolutely is. That's 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 where we found, cr- in inverted commas, craft. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's it's been great that we've looked back over that this year, and we've come to that that sort of conclusion. So there's really only. One more thing to us for for us to address, mate, and that is that is the uh, the coveted number one fan title, isn't it? Yeah, coveted by like eight, nine, ten people. This was this took a little bit of work this year because I think we've been 
the engagement with people who listen to the show has increased? It, it has, and there there are different levels of the way that people engage. Yeah. And d- d- despite a lot of people suggesting there's a spreadsheet, that there, there is no spreadsheet for, for, for No, for this. this this one was a... This is I gut would, feeling. Yeah, this was a feeling, wasn't it? And yeah. we both agreed when we sent each other the WhatsApp message. We we did nail it straight away. So do you want to announce the winner or people who were part of it? I think it's I think it's only fair to go through the shortlist. Okay. And, do you want and, to go and first? Do and, you, and, reel off the names, mate. I'll reel off the names and then you can announce the winner. Yeah. yeah? So um, first of all, we had Rich at Rich Taylor 1608. Uh, we've got... Simon at Simo Sloth, uh, despite his hatred for two-hour plus podcasts. Well, he's going to be really uh, disappointed this time round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Johnny at Johnny Beer Boy, James at Gammon Baron, Ian at EIIA, and Michael at Mick McGrority. So that is our shortlist of number one fan contenders for this year. And between you and I, who did we think? deserves that title this year it was michael mick mcgrawty has engaged with us through various mediums but you know what i really love about mick the way he has joined all of our virtual sessions and would and say fuck all and sit there until he feels the need to say something yeah and then it's worth listening to and Point of reference as as well is that Mick is the first person to ever regain the number one fan title as as well because Mick was a winner of number one, or, or he was a holder of number one fan for a good couple of years in the early days of the Beer O'Clock Show. So oh, I tell you what, that's you know, there's not many people who can say that, Steve. In fact, the, only the one. That there in is fact, only the one. It's a bit like Highlander. There can be only one, and this year, Mick, that is you. So revel in the – I don't even know what the words are anymore. The ready brick glow of being the opinion's number one fan. In, in, indeed. Um, I'm feeling like the wheels are rapidly coming off of this, <laughs> th- this, this machine. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost at the end of my anthology. So am I. It's such a delicious beer, isn't it? Yeah, um, I have to admit um, – Thank you very much to Signature Brew for sending the through to us. But could you have sent us a second one? Because this one's gone way too quick. Oh, it's so good. You say it's 440 milliliters, but it's gone very quickly. So it's so good. So what's coming up next time, mate? Well, Beer Nation. We've referenced it more than once. Um, this was the uh, collaboration of all collaborations between podcasters Um we're not going to name them all because I think we did it on one of the other shows and I'm sure you listen to other beer podcasters who have reference to names. Um, that will be landing, I think, Boxing Day, Steve? Yes, it's out on Boxing Day. It should be on everybody's feeds. So you shouldn't be able to miss it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I have listened back to both uh, edits. It's a fantastic listen. Um, despite me and Steve being a major part of it, it's still a fantastic listen. There's some cracking content, some really good points raised, and it's a pretty good summing up of um, 2020. And then it's back to us. First week of January, it'll be landing again. 
Yeah, we're not sure what's going on on that first show in in, in the new no. year, but it'll come soon. Um, just to finish up this end of year extravaganza, just a few thank yous, as as is a customary to do. Um, Martin, thank you for putting up with my continuous I've got an idea and spreadsheets. Um, it's, it's what keeps us going as, <laughs> as, as, as a podcast. I, I want to thank all of the breweries that have sent us beer this year. Um, we never take any of that for granted. It, it's always um, a real pleasure to receive what you send us. I'd, I'd love to be able to feature everything that we get sent on, on a podcast, but it's logistics just doesn't make that possible. So hopefully wherever possible, we've been able to give you a shout out, but thank you so much for supporting what we do. Um, but finally, um, the, the biggest thank you is obviously to our listeners. You are the, the reason why we continue to do this. And, and I, 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 I said it earlier on because without you folks, we're nothing. If you don't engage in what we do, we've got no content to put out. So thank you for continuing to get involved. And all I want to do is to, to firstly wish Martin and your family the, the happiest of Christmases and to wish all of our listeners a very happy Christmas and best wishes for the new year. Cheers. Cheers, Steve. If I knew back then, well, I know.